22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. I have nothing witty to say. Mike, open us up. You never have anything witty to say. Uh. Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Always a pot chat. Welcome, everybody, to the 19th episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. It is a special occasion, but I'll get into that in a second. I am one of the hosts of The Cap, here with my two pain-in-the-asses, who I love like brothers, or I guess uh, Mike the Finance Guy. Yo quiero, Taco Bell. (laughs) Well, okay. I was trying to think of a, a, a tall chihuahua joke, but I didn't have one. Um, and RT Square, Ralph the Tech. Yeah, Dragonberry's good. <laughs> you know if Gigi hears this episode, she's going to be pissed, right? Why? Because <laughs> that's her stash of Dragonberry. It's well, mine. Well, now she's going to be pissed. <laughs> Jeez, he could have brought his own. <laughs> he gave it to me willingly. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> and and that and that third voice, or really the fourth voice, is because of our special occasion. We decided to bring back Big Kev. What it is, putos? <laughs> <laughs> now I know everybody's wondering what special occasion is it. I mean, Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah and all those things are all over. And it's not my birthday. Not that anyone cared. Long silence. <laughs> <laughs> Long silence. We were, we were all looking for who cared, and we realized none of us do. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even care. I mean, um, <laughs> wait a minute. The last time it was your birthday, you almost like went doom on somebody. Oh, as, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many candles on that cake. <laughs> One will suffice. <laughs> I wonder if you practice that like while you're on the bowl or while you're like better get better go to sleep. He's, he's in the shower and he's practicing. This is black doom. Where's my soap? Oh, there it is. He, he goes to places that he normally doesn't go to. Like he'll go to a Starbucks he doesn't go to. He'll go up to like maybe 50th or 60th Street where he never goes to. And he'll say, "I want a cappuccino now." <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I am Black Doom. Just to test it out. Name Black Doom. <laughs> you just the person would just be like. Your other name. <laughs> you know, I actually went to a Starbucks once and someone said Hitler. Wow. So they're like, they were oh, wow. like, large frappuccino, uh, frappuccino for Hitler. Hitler. Holy wow. man. Oh, that is oh, just man. not cool. That is not cool. <laughs> who who like, picked it up? I'm curious. What ethnicity? Some black guy. Oh, he, that was oh. a prank. He, lo- he lost a bet. He lost a bet. <laughs> well, like I was His saying. His name was probably actually Heitler. <laughs> Heitler. <laughs> Everybody might be wondering, what am, what, what am I talking about when I'm talking about a special occasion? Well, this past week, actually all this month, we're celebrating a special birthday. One of the best and greatest heroes of all time. Yes, I'm not talking about Superman, and I'm definitely not talking about Spider-Man. We are talking about the Dark Knight, Batman. That's right. So this entire episode will be dedicated to Mr. Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. the Dark Knight. Wait, Bruce Wayne? I thought, oh, I thought that was the Martin Lawrence movie. Oh, that was the Black Knight. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that movie, too. Mike, please, don't you ever put Bruce Wayne and Martin Lawrence in the same sentence. Please. I think Martin Lawrence should play Bruce Wayne in the next movie. No, no, because no, no, we, we had the discussion before, Mike. Martin Lawrence uses... Martin Lawrence uses drugs and Batman doesn't use drugs. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> there you go. So Martin Lawrence would not be a good uh, Batman. But yeah, this entire episode will be dedicated to our favorite Dark Knight, our favorite detective. Um, we'll be talking about all different things and we'll be even dropping a little bit of trivia. But knowing Ralph, who probably spoiled the trivia, so 
Probably. That's, that's what you hired me for, right? <laughs> he gets paid? <laughs> yep. In oh, Dragonberry. In Dragonberry. <laughs> in Gigi's Dragonberry. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's go right to it. Let's do some news we can use or not use. Let's go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kat. All right, let's get that quick news going here. We got the Dark Knights getting old, 75 years. Yeah. So what we got for um, some Batman news this time. Uh, we have DC's kicked off Gotopia on January 8th, started with Detective Comics number 27. Okay. I'm still not clear what Gotopia is supposed to be about. It seems like it's some kind of utopia in Gotham um, and maybe even affecting the rest of the world. Right. You sure it's not a utopia for goth? It could be that. Right. <laughs> Sounds like an ice cream, by the way. A lot of emo people there. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is great, but I don't care. <laughs> um, but So it's, a, it's an event that's going to go on from uh, January 8th through March 15th. It's going to go uh, Detective Comics 27, 28, and 29. And they'll also be tied in with Batwing, Batgirl, Catwoman, and Birds of Prey numbers 27 and 28. And um, I've read the Batgirl. It's like it's, uh, the Batgirl was actually good. It actually started off ho-hum, and then it got really, really, really good. So I'm not even going to get into what it's about. Go out and pick it up. It just came out this week. Yeah, Batman, t- um, Detective Comics 27 came out, and I took a look at that. And it, um, after Mike pointed out that there was another story in the back of the book, because the int- most of the Bat- um, Detective, tw- um, Detective 27 is all like these homage or these kind of honoring Batman stories. So mm-hmm. they're not like in like tandem or in canon. And then the last, Mike goes, you know, there's a... Another story there, Cap, right? I'm like, oh shit, there is. So basically, I read it and it was pretty good. Clearly, yeah. you, sir, are not a detective. <laughs> no. Or good at reading the end of the books. He's probably sitting there with all these mystery novels. I don't understand how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Don't Read Books When You're on the Train at Night. That's true. You know what he does? He probably just rips out the end of the, of the story. So that way, it never really ends. It's a better mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I read I read Gothopia and um, what did you think of that one? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I lo- I'm a big art guy, so I love the art. Um, and it kind of began when you were when you and I were talking before the show began, and we were talking about how they began it in was the Batgirl you read it in? Or? Well, it began in Detective Comics 27. The first issue out of that was Batwing, which I do not read because it sucks. Um, but I but do like Batgirl. Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he was a former he's not representing from Africa. No, 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 no. You're way behind on the time. He hasn't been the African in ages. He is now Lucius Fox's son. Oh, And okay. Lucius Fox has no idea that his son is now running around as part of the Batman universe. Thanks I for spoiling like that, that for me now. Well, you should wait, be reading it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they, spo- they spoil something for Ralph? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped reading right after they got rid of the African because it was a, he was really good. But uh, basically, he just told Batman... I like doing things my way because the guys in Africa, they're killers. They need to be put down. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So he yeah. left. Anyhow, so that's it for the, um, the Gotopia part. Right. Um, we got news, more news for the clusterfuck known as the Man of Steel sequel, or yes, I guess it's a sequel, Batman vs. Superman. Um, Joss Holloway from Lost is being considered for a role. Now, the role has not been announced, but fanboys are hoping for Aquaman. And if that's the case, that's just one more nail in this coffin. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't mean, see what's going on with this. If movie. he has any intelligence, he might skip that role. But uh. and he might also <laughs> skip that TV show. <laughs> oh um, but I, but there's a little bit more quick news. I think on the uh, the Man of Steel. I think Kev brought some news with him from scrolling, uh, trolling as people would call it. Yeah, I was reading that the dark. I mean, The Dark Knight. <laughs> See, I, I think it's a Batman movie. <laughs> the Superman-Batman movie has been pushed back um, 10 months 
to coincide with the release of Marvel's Phase 3. Yeah, and I kind of read the same thing as well. From what I understand, it's going to be coming out now in 2016. Wow, that's awesome. That'll, that that was nice that we can wait two years for a movie that probably won't be that good. I, I'm sorry, I, I hate to say it, but I would have been fine with the Batman, Superman, or Superman versus Batman, whichever way you want to say it. But with all this extra crap they're trying to cram in there, I, I, unless it's going to be an eight-hour movie. No, yeah, that was that was going to be my question. What if they give you like a three, three and a half hour movie? I don't think they could. I don't think they could tell a good tale. I mean, the Superman movie was what two hours and it was 40, two and change. Yeah, two hours two and forty-five change. or yeah. something. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was just Superman. So now you have to introduce because remember they have to introduce Batman again. It's not Christopher Nolan Batman. I'm not saying they have to start from the beginning, but we need to at least we need some understanding of who this Batman is now. Right. And now you've got to develop the story. So now you're also going to throw in Wonder Woman, The Flash, and maybe Aquaman and whoever else. They keep throwing people you know? in. It's really, really pissing me the fuck off. Yeah, I mean, like, what's the what's your introduction of The Flash going to be? Who was that? I don't know. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they are working on a Flash TV series that's coinciding with the Arrow TV series. Yeah, I, I'm uh, looking forward to that. WB. Yeah, get here quick. Please, hurry up. What's <laughs> <laughs> The Flash? It, it will. <laughs> Unless you're Barry Allen, was 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 storytelling for you was slow as hell. Uh, only in this writing, it has been really slow. But actually, they just got new writers um, for the Flash in DC Comics, and so far the story it's, it's so funny. That, um, and I don't mean this punny. It actually is moving a little bit faster now <laughs> because I, I think I had said it before. This the, when they relaunched the Flash, and I, I'm a huge Barry Allen fan, but it has been the slowest moving comic ever about the fastest man yeah, alive. Absolutely, <laughs> it really has. Been. <laughs> but. Um, what an oxymoronic situation. Exactly. <laughs> but if but, but but Kev, if that's definitely true about about them and you know, I'm pushing it further to 2016. I really am feeling really bad about this. Really. Yeah, because if they go head to head, look, I'm sorry, I'm a DC guy, but the way Marvel and you know MFG and I were talking about this, that the Marvel has put in their work, they've set it up, Absolutely. you know, meticulously, and one, you know, just even if you didn't like, let's say. Thor, the first one. I hated Thor, the first one. The first one. one. Yeah. But Blast you, you knew to stick around for the ending, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like they, you know, just that way how they set it up. Um, you know, a lot of, believe it or not, there were some people that were really skeptical when the first Iron Man came out. Right. But, you know, it was a hit. And then the way they set it up with Fury at the end and everything, you know, just the way they set it up that way, you know, you, it's like you guys say, to cram everything in this next one is yeah. just not having yeah. a plan. Yeah, I mean, it's like, sorry that you guys are late to the party, but it doesn't mean, you know, because the thing is, if the movie doesn't come out that well, they've shot themselves in both feet by this point, yep. because then they'll truly have to start all over again, and then it, it won't even matter. You know? Right, I mean, it, it, So it's like, why rush it? Why don't you just go along with your phase one type plan and just be behind? It's nothing wrong with coming in after Marvel. Marvel will eventually peter out on what they're doing, or at least to some degree, yeah. come up with your great stuff. It, it, or... or Fine, as a fan, I'm going to spend my money to see both your movies. Is it okay if both of you people make $600 million? Honestly, look, here's my thing. I, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't really think that's going to fly over too much. They're going to better. Have to... I'm looking forward to it. No, but you, you're obviously <laughs> yeah, involved. You, you know what they're about. Right. You, you know, you're looking forward to it. Guys like, you know, from that I know, they don't even know who they are. No, they, they, yeah. Some guys just know them from the Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. So they're not even doing them, I guess, the proper justice per se. So, you know, in terms of uh, overall, you know, the masses, I don't think they're really going to fly per se. So my, I, my suggestion would be to DC, take your time to worry about what's going on over here with Marvel, mm -hmm. build them up, because eventually, as they start to drift away from the Avengers and more to the Guardians of the Galaxy... I think you can pick up that steam that's left off, being that their main guys right. are going to be elsewhere and your main guys are peaking. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I know I agree with that. Like, I, you know, I think I said it on the last uh, podcast. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy is, a, is a definitely a big gamble um, on Marvel's part. But if they just... The thing is, you don't need to know who the characters are in order to like a good movie. So if, if they make the action good and make the story understandable, then By the they'll, way, they'll have, have a fans. question for you. What's that? How do you feel about the casting of Groot? Oh, I, yeah, I made fun of that the last time. I, 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 wanna, Groot. I wanna hear Vin Diesel actually have one line, I am Groot, said several ways, and get his point across. I don't think he can actually say it once. You really want to be on the behind the scenes. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Fred Flintstone. It's Groot, you idiot. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? He, he could go all dramatic. I am Groot. You guys are you guys with the Vin Diesel things are going way over the top. I, mean, I am Groot. That, that's Christian Bale's group. No, that was Not, more of a that was. I am Groot. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, where's um, the root? <laughs> Who'd you give the root to? You want to give it to an ordinary citizen? Um, before we get back to the quick news, I. Uh, I was just watching Arrow, and I'm not going to tell you about the story that just happened this week. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> but if anyone uh, watched I'll, Arrow, I'll tell you you, Arrow, are you caught up with Arrow? Yes, okay. I am. Not that, this has nothing to do with the story. Was he not going way overboard on the Christian Bale voice? Yes. Yeah. I, I, he went from like, oh, I'm no. the Arrow to like, yes. I'm the Arrow. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I don't even understand you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sylvester Stallone suddenly took over the role. And, and now playing Arrow? Astro. Yo, Adrian, where's my arrows at? Uh, it's really good. It's just like we have Stallone in there. He'll sue us. Damn it. He will want his money. Well, if he's listening to the podcast, then we're doing something right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyhow, back anyhow. to my quick news there. We got right. some more Batman news. We have Batman Eternal. It's coming out April 2014. What's Batman Eternal? Not a clue. And I have scoured the <laughs> internet to find out more about what it is. The only thing I'm getting is that... Um, it's it's going to be helmed by Scott Snyder, but there's going to be various writers that are going to have at least a year's worth of storytelling, and it's about the different Bat Family members and maybe even some of the villains. So I don't know if it's just going to be like a a thing of various stories and that's it, or if there is a collective idea behind the stories or maybe an underlying collective idea. Because I, like I said, with Scott Snyder helming it, I know it's leading into whatever his next bad event is, but it's very unclear. When I, I, I've searched all, I, I've I've trolled all the sites trying to get a better handle on exactly what it is, and I'm not seeing it. Hmm. But that's going to be coming out um, some point in April. That means so they're guarding months. a good secret. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott Snyder's guarding a good secret? He can't. Uh, that man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, my God, Scott Snyder. <laughs> it's flashback to Comic-Con. Yeah, Scott Snyder, he's sitting there like, anyhow, so then I went to the ATM, and I put in my PIN number, which was 1234, <laughs> and then... <laughs> really? Comic-Con was quite the experience. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely quite the experience. Yeah. I learned a lot more about Scott Snyder than we need to know. But about. Scott's a good writer, though, so I, I don't want to make too much fun of him. Yeah, just not good on dialogue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or at least with other normal people as opposed to like bat people. Anything else with the quick news? Oh, Mike? yeah, I got a couple of things here. Now, oh. Batman may be good, but even he can get canceled. Uh-oh. So, what's being canceled? DC is Batman getting rid of. Uh, no, oddly enough. No. Um, considering Robin's dead, you would think they'd be getting rid of Batman and Robin. But uh, what's been canceled? Batman the Dark Knight. With issue number twenty nine, that will be the end of Batman the Wait, Dark Batman Knight. Batman the Dark Knight. Right? That was the horrible comic that they started out with. That uh, I think had, I think that's the one that had. Uh, was the, Finch doing the art? I, you know, I never know. It may have been the one that had the White Rabbit. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a horrible book, and evidently I wasn't the only person that thought that. <laughs> Off uh, with his head! <laughs> and um, also, they're canceling another Batman related uh, character, Talon. 
they're getting rid of talent. Yeah. Um, now, now, again, I don't know if they're getting rid of the character, but they actually, I think there's hints that they might be getting rid of the character, but at least the book is ending with issue number 17. Wow. Well, a lot of this also is because of, if you think about it, I've just announced that they're canceling two books, and I just mentioned that Eternals is coming out, and I think there's something else coming out, because remember, they always have 52 books. Right. They never have more. They may have a special or one shot, which doesn't count, but they never have more than 52 titles. So they always have 15, 52 ongoing Exactly, which yeah, is titles. a stupid idea for them to force themselves into that, but that's, that's DC. Well, like I said last time, I mean, I mean for me, it's not, 50, it's not um, new 52, it's like new 3 or new 4, because that's all yeah. I read for DC. Yeah. It's rewashed 52. <laughs> Acid washed ribs for your pleasure. <laughs> I dipped in a little uh, Joker uh, juice for for extra extra nothingness. Actually, oh, thank you. <laughs> so now we can go from our canceled to something that's coming out. Oh, something that's coming out. Yeah, unfortunately, it's nothing new. Uh, finally, after after years, and I do mean decades of arguments, finally, the Batman TV show from '66. It's being released all 120 episodes on DVD at some point this year. They oh, haven't decided gonna, on the date. Let's get a round of applause for that. It's pretty cool. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I didn't Adam realize West, how, Burt Ward, I didn't all ha- the rest. I didn't realize that that stuff was not on VHS and, no. or DVD until you and one of the one of the members were talking about it the other night. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the, the, there's the, been some huge fight with Fox. I think with Warner Brothers with the who had the rights to that originally. That's the fight. it's mine no it's mine um, I think it's even some of the family members that were involved with the you know production of it it just it was this mess does Adam West have a say in it um, I think even some of the cast members did have a say the whole thing kind of it was this mess group Orgy, basically, that they could not. They, I'm curious. They, so wait, for lack so of like, a better term. So, so like, did Burgess Meredith's shares go over to Adam West or Caesar Romero? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited. I can't wait. I mean, of course, it's going to be digitally remastered, so that'll be even better. I can't wait to see uh, Caesar Romero with his Joker face, with the the white make, clown makeup over his mustache that he would not shave off. I, I love all funny. that stuff. That yeah, I can't wait. You know, and Yvonne Craig is Batwoman. I mean, it's Batgirl. That'll be fun to see her. Oh man, and it's funny because I remember when you told me about Caesar Romero, I didn't realize that he painted over his mustache. Yeah, I, I think I, matter of fact, I, I was dressing up as the Joker for Halloween, and Mike's helped me with the makeup, and yes. he goes, "Never do that again." What? If I've ever seen a creepier Joker, it was with you. I, it gave me nightmares, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gave my mother nightmares. It was her nightmares. It was her Halloween party. So I get changed and I put the wig on the stray jacket, which the stray jacket was just such a great touch. Goes to show you how soft Ralph is. <laughs> oh, I looked wicked. No, though. he was. I mean, he could give the Joker a scare. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> he can give the Joker a scare. That he was. Oh my god, man! But I have to be there since I actually had to help put on some of the makeup at first. There, the cat just was excited to put on the wig so he had hair. Yeah, <laughs> he, he would have dressed up as Wonder Woman just to have the wig. It wouldn't have mattered. Hey, hey, hey don't forget the bird gold bustier. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to pry that out of Gigi's cold, dead hand. <laughs> Please, she almost hit me for touching her tiara. <laughs> what are you doing with that? I'm moving it. Why? Because it's blocking the TV. I can't see shit. How big of a head does that girl have? <laughs> <laughs> no, the tiara, she has it on her, uh, where her TV is, she has a dresser, and the tiara was blocking the way. Gigi, uh, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers are playing with fire. Fuck <laughs> Well, we wait for her to listen to, to, to get her, her, her rebuttal. Uh, 
Oh. Yeah, so we're like trying to like coax her. Yeah, know? her rebuttal would be playing dice with your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just waiting to see this Molotov cocktail come flying through your window. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Qu- <laughs> Any more? Yeah, okay, late. <laughs> Any more quick news there, MFG? What the heck was that? That was the are gong. We, oh, that's the the gong for that we asked for last week. Are we playing Mortal Kombat? No, 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 we said we we said something about it being a deeper dong, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that our pedophile gong now? Oh wait, by the way, by the way, let me address some shit. I would not love that. That would not. You would not love what? Deeper dong, and you would say, you were saying like, oh, like how I would say it's a funny joke. That joke was garbage. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Hey, we're well, not over here to critique. Yeah, you gotta be here to tell us shit. You know, Joe sent us a letter. Well, at least you know what the fuck I'm, I'm live and direct <laughs> I was surprised Joe knew how to write oh, just, wow. Wow. Joe you know I liked you I'm just kidding that's, that's my way of, of good nature ribbing you because eventually we have to get you back on here <laughs> yeah well he's he's more mad at Ralph if anything he's like Ralph keeps fucking shit up I got a fast forward episode hey <laughs> it's not my fault if people aren't caught up alright <laughs> Well, at least for spoilers, I have none left there. I'm done with my news. Ah, thank you very much. You're done with your news. All right, cool. So let, let's get to um, what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the man of the hour, the man of the month, or the man of the past 75 years. It's not you, Kev. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. You guys are horrible. Dude, you that Batman. was like... Batman gargling something. <laughs> gargling razor blades and shit. I was like, I'm Batman. Let me rinse and spit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman if I got the swallow. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Robin! <laughs> Dick! <laughs> All right, so, um, Kev, um... I noticed that, or I realized that out of everybody, you're the only one who's played all three Batman um, Batman video games. I know that Ralph has only played one and two, right? Yes, that is correct. We're talking about the Arkham games. The Arkham games, right? I mean, there were no other real big Batman games recently. And, Mike, you... Own all three. Damn right I do. But never touched. I've all played th- all three of them. I've played at all three of them. Ten he, minutes. Basically. He's, he's put them in his Xbox and turned it on and then looked at the title screen. <laughs> I've, I have done all that too. And that's I, I've, I made about two hours worth of play, which means I probably got about ten minutes into the story of the first one. I believe I got maybe, what is it? I think I got a... Uh, seven percent or something into the second one and i think i'm at one or two percent into the last one now i'm sure it's not 0.5 percent it could actually be (laughs) (laughs) these numbers are all like it's like the government with their numbers i'm just making it all up yeah well well, the bottom mind you mind you i got more achievements than him in his records (laughs) (laughs) well you do that in my game too because kev and one thing i'll say about kev i mean i always diss him on you know shit he says <laughs> but he's the guy that fucking solves riddles like batman himself he'll be like yeah don't you fucking see the sign over there take a picture of that shit that's an achievement <laughs> the fuck and i'm like i'm not about achievements i'm just about winning i just want to beat the joker and, and get you know certain things and that's it and and Kev's like, you have to embrace the Batman. <laughs> but what I love, though, about some of those achievements, like like I said, uh, like when Kev was ever at my place and uh, playing at one of the games, he was like, yeah, you have to take a picture of that. It's an achievement. And I'm thinking, is Batman special? <laughs> like, like, how is taking a picture of something an achievement? Oh, you did great, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I took this picture, Alfred. I took this picture. <laughs> yes, you did. Who's my big little Batman? <laughs> <laughs> so out of all of us, I know you've, you've put count- countless hours into that video game. And I know you have a, a a wide expertise about you know the Batman video games, especially these Arkham ones. I wanted to ask you. I mean, you finished Arkham Origins, correct? 
Correct. Yeah. Wow. And we need to get caught up on speed on that because we had you over for the, the last Arkham one. So, you know, we need to get the listeners out there knowing how good this game is or if it is. And what's good about it. In my opinion, I'll tell you guys right now, it is by far the best uh, story in terms of a campaign. Okay. I mean, the thing starts off, you know, amazing, you know, from where it, you know, it gives you the intro, you're right into the Batcave, you know, the opening credits is like a whole bunch of bats, you know, upside down, and then, you know, the Batwing comes in, and you're headed out, Alfred's like trying to stop you, no, but you're just a man, this, that, and third, you're like, I gotta get it done, you know. Um, as you go navigating through the game, the story just keeps developing. I don't want to spoil too much for anyone that hasn't played it, but if you plan on playing it, play it, because even though it's not, um, what's his name? Um, Ke- I'm Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Conroy. Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill. The voice acting is good. The way they present the story is good. The only thing that you know people had uh, problems with, which were like uh, the main sites like IGN or whatever, was the fact that you knew he was more or less you know evolving as Batman, but you know they had a problem with the gameplay where it was like, all right, if you're going to tell us in the story that he is, you know, still ascending, you got to make the gameplay a little difficult, which to me I found annoying because they kind of reverted back to the first in, in uh, Batman Arkham Asylum where if you're fighting a crowd, you can have some guy from the other end of the, the crowd just come and, like, slide punch you. And, you know, you're trying to counter, but you're already countering, you know, other punches. And, you know... It's annoying. It, it, it's annoying. To me, it's like MFG said, it's a clusterfuck because it's like you're trying to just ward off guys. You know, you're trying to fight a crowd. And, you know, the one thing, like, especially with me, you guys see me play, I like to keep my combo meter going. And, you know, mm-hmm. that way you get more XP. So that one little hit to me is like, you know, it's annoying. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, um, well, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but that, it's actually funny that, um, that even uh, was it IGN. Had mm-hmm. mentioned that. Remember when we were over and uh, we were talking about Arkham City, and I said, "Well, with Origins, because it hadn't come out yet, I wish they would make it a little bit harder for him to fight, or the, make him like fight harder. I guess to get the same thing done, only because of the fact of, that he should be new." They did that in the challenge mode. Okay. So when you basically, as you go on on the game and you unlock, you have you know things that you unlock. You have your uh, combat where you basically, it's it's in the Batcave. The way the Batcave is set up is good because it has its own section and then you would enter there uh, through to the challenge map. Okay. You know, but it's cool because it's like, instead of doing it at the title screen, like the first two, you're in the Batcave and you do it over there. So within the game, you can enter the challenge mode as opposed to having it before you even enter the game. Exactly. Gotcha. So then you can just back out and then go out, you know, if you feel polished enough, then you can go out and beat up some people, you know, in the game. Right. Um, the way it's set up here is that certain things, as you unlock them, you know, the ch- the maps get harder, just like in the first two. Right. And, you know, for the most part, the fighting there is more difficult. You know, and the game is just, you know, tedious. I mean, you have armored guys or, like, guys on the Venom, you know, that the kind of shields thing. shields and the uh, shields. stun, you, what, the stun wands or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, the same as the first two, but... In the challenges where they really made it difficult because you have to string your combos along and you have to keep your multipliers going. So, like, for example, you have to, like, lay the spray down, bust it out, do the bat swarm, throw the um, the batarangs, you know, and you have to kind of keep these going so that as they build, you have more XP. 
Gotcha. That's where it's harder. Oh, wow. In the first so you two. can't cheese, basically. No, in the first two, you could just run around, hit people, basically. I, but see, I kind of like that. I like, I like the fact that you're just running and just hit people. No, by far. And then when as the difficulties upgrade, that's the thing that they've made harder in this one. Okay. The difficulties are very, very hard. Now, did, hard you find them, hard. Now, but did you find them hard, or did you find any of them in like just ridiculously almost impossible? Like in other words, was it hard, but meaning that you'll still it's a good hard for your money, or was this kind of like this was just some ridiculous crap? I don't know. I mean, I guess for me it, it's difficult but attainable. I guess for the casual player, it might be like, oh fuck this, you know? Right, right. I, I'm going with the oh fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Having not done it, I'm assuming I'll be the oh fuck this. Oh, and another thing I really did want to mention as the story progresses. They really do a good job explaining, not explaining, but showing you a glimpse into the Joker's psyche. Okay. You know, really? But, yes. I mean, again, without going too much into spoilers, but. By he, all means, spoil away. <laughs> no. Spoil. That's Come dra- to the dark side. That's the dragon. We have talking. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they, they show uh, um, basically how he looks at the world and it's like gothic it, it's it's awesome though it's awesome you know might be a little scary for some guys <clears throat> Ralph but you know <laughs> yeah me uh, talk to the, captain yeah, that's the cap C- captain I can't go into a haunted house because they tie you up and blindfold you oh fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, I can't, a, I can't, that sounds like a Tom that sounds like Gitmo <laughs> <laughs> but you know they go into it and they explain you know they show you how he sees things and they explain certain things and also this I can't spoil because it you know it's irrelevant it's relevant but irrelevant the origin of Harley Quinn okay did so they change it or is it just pretty much the standard did origin did they talk about Dr. Quinzel or Dr. Quinzel oh okay so then it's her standard origin yeah it's her okay. standard origin but no, nonetheless it's a very very you know like to see it mm-hmm. it was very cool oh that's very good no no i mean i just wanted to make sure they didn't go something crazy like you know and she fell from a meteor in the sky where <laughs> she came from a planet of people that happened to dress like harlequins or know? or they could have done it well also mike they could have done it the way they did it in new 52 when yeah. they reintroduced harlequin they changed their origin yeah they made it seem like the joker threw her into a vat of the same acid that he was he came out of well what? that was the but that was the final part of her origin yeah but she, her origin, otherwise, she just was like this brainiac kid that went in psychology and then just became crazed and enamored studying the Joker and the other criminals. So that part, they kept the same. But yeah, they ended up throwing her in this. Oddly enough, the exact same Ace Chemical Company mm-hmm. still had those vats in there, okay. still had the lids <laughs> off of those vats, and he just shoved her in. And I'm thinking, all right, well, first of all, we know why Ace Chemical Company went out of business. Because they only seem to make one thing, and it only has one job to do, which is make people crazy <laughs> and turn their skin chalk white. Right. But then when they empty the vat, you see skeletons in the bottom. So apparently there was a trial and error period where he was <laughs> trying to see if it worked on people. Crazy? Nope. Dead. Oh. <laughs> That's all to Let's that. try another one. Or, or maybe they didn't hire enough Mexicans to clean out the vat. Oh, how did that slip in And there? now we apologize to all the Mexicans out there. Can I get a bell one time, Ralph Meister? Are they going to hear this or are they too busy cleaning? Too soon, guys. Too soon. So, Mike, I was um, going to say that there's something you're also going to like in the game, which is the insane plot the Joker hatches. Oh, really? It oh, is. I'm, wait, I'm wait. And, and to say that is is quite remarkable because the Joker always has insane plots. Oh, dude, this one is top five. 
in books, movies, etc. However you want to hatch it. Wow. Top five. I'm imagining, let me see, is he going to take like some black senator from Chicago and like run him up as presidential nominee? Because <laughs> that is just freaking insane. I can't, I can't even imagine this. Leave your political views out. Oh, <laughs> hey, I was happy with the choice. Well, I just thought look, that would be an insane plot. Without going into spoilers, but you know, being specific, he murders, kidnaps, hijacks, and has Batman beat up by a couple of henchmen. Oh, it sounds like a day in the life of the Joker, pretty much. <laughs> but I like the way, that. the way it's executed as you're ge- playing through the game, and when you you know, because obviously, in this one they have a great feature, which is they have um, the crime scene where you basically reconstruct the crime scene. So as you go reconstructing crime scenes, in this one, there's one where you figure out that it's the Joker. Nice. And it's one of the longest ones that takes uh, to you know put together, and as you go compiling it. It, it's awesome because you realize he had to do this, that, and the third to make this crime scene look the way it did. Oh, cool. And the way, you know, you feel, you know, satisfied because as you're playing as Batman, you're like, oh, wow, this shit is hot. Now, is, this, you know? is this um, a, a major part of the story or is this like that's a side? Why, yeah, that's why okay. I'm going and, and you know, oh, staying wow, general. That's great. Yeah, cool. It's a great part Very of the story. Good. And that what's cool. And what about the inclusion of the other, other villains? I mean, you know, because usually um, the Arkham... Video games typically have pretty good versions of their villains. Like I always like, I'm always a fan of this version of Scarecrow. The way they do the Scarecrow in the in the games, spot on. That's the way you should okay. be doing the Scarecrow from here on in, and and the comic book should be following suit. Same thing with um um Killer Croc. They do a Killer Croc and such, and I've said it over and over. A creepy and scary man of the year. When you're at his stage, you're like, I don't want Killer Croc to come get me. How are the villains in this? Um, in this version so, of Origins. And just a quick one. I'm going to give a quick rundown. So we have Bane, Deadshot, Deathstroke, Copperhead, Firefly, Electrocutioner, Killer Croc, and Shiva. Those are like the main eight, I think, that they said. So like, how do you feel about those? How were they done? Great job with them. One of the funniest scenes in Batman history is when you first encounter the ex- uh, Electrocutioner. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're in a pit, and it's like, I guess, the Penguin was hosting, like, cage fighting or whatever, and you're in a pit, and he's there... And the uh, electrocutioner comes down, and he's like, oh, I'm going to beat you up, Batman. And it goes into, you know, the the fight sequence. So as you go to strike, fight's over. It goes right into the cutscene. Batman does a fly kick to his chin. He's knocked out on the (laughs) So he's kind of like the, he's like Spider-Man shocker. Oh, dude, the first time it happened, I got up and looked at the TV like, yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) One hit! (laughs) That is funny. Now, okay, so now out of those that I've mentioned there, um... Even if they were all good, who was your least favorite of those villains? Who was your absolute favorite of those villains? My least favorite, surprisingly enough, because they were all done good, was Shiva. Okay. Shiva had like her own side mission where you have to like do certain things and then you fight her at the end. Um, you know, with her, it was very not tedious. It was just kind of predictable. You know, okay. it's, it's like you. I don't know. I, I expected more from a person that they you know. You know, gave the impression that was compatible with Batman in hand-to-hand combat. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. so to me, it was a little bit of a the Fireflies fight was awesome. So that's your favorite? No. Uh, oh, okay. Slade. Slade. That's what I kind of thought. So that's Deathstroke for those that don't know. Yes, because it goes in different, uh, different, you know, <laughs> different. Ah, uh, <Aye>, different. <laughs> where, where's Ren when you need him? <laughs> um, it goes in stages. And you also, when you beat him, you get an upgrade that you use, and you know, to continue okay. through the game. So it's kind of like you know a reward within itself. But you know, 
his character, he's trash talking you as you're fighting him. So, you know, if you're not careful, if you're not focused on, you know, what you have to counter and everything, because right. you, this uh, Batman has something great that you actually have to fight the bosses. It's not like you have to do, throw something at them and distract them. Like when you remember in Arkham City, when you fight um, Poison Ivy as Catwoman, where you have to fight the henchmen. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes, you know, ascending. And then, you know, it cuts off to the cutscene where they negotiate. It's not like that. You okay. physically have to beat up all eight of the assassins that are hired. Oh, good. That's nice. And yeah. I, I mean, I always think that that seems like it should be the way to go. I hate when it's you defeat their minions and then it's like, oh, that's technically defeating them. No, and then know. it'll go into a cutscene where Batman beats him up on his right. own. It's like, hey, I wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Now, um, you've completed the game. Yes. Okay. Um, now, when I don't know if you've tried to replay or anything like that, but I mean, do you get like the extra costumes through playing it? Um, do you ever get to be anyone else? I mean, or, or is it only like you can change into a Robin afterwards? Or well, is there... there's also downloadable content, and there's also um, when you pass the game, there's uh, there are certain things that you unlock, like the new Fifty Two Batman costume. Okay. Oh wow! You okay. get that when you pla- when you pass the game. Because um, I think there was was there a Batman animated series costume or something, or that's in Arkham City. Oh, that's Arkham City, that, not the Arkham City. Okay, yeah. You see, they're, they're blending for you. Yeah, they really are. It's, <laughs> it's the word Arkham, and then I'm like, it was all good. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I did have to mention this. Um, the Edward Nigma is not Edward Nigma in this game. Oh, being really? that they're starting out there, I guess they're starting out his origin from the beginning as well, and he was the. Uh, the guy who was fired from the Gotham Cybercrimes yeah, Unit. Something what, right. what, was, yeah. what was his other name? It was Edward oh. something. Oh, shoot. Um, well, see, I don't even know him as Edward Nigma. I think that's what he was no. when he originated the uh, when he originated the character. No, because I know that, that um, in New 52, they gave him a different name now. Oh, did they change his name? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up now. but Yeah, probably. but his name, um, it, it threw me off at first. And I'm like, what the hell? And... In both Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, they've had Riddler trophies that you have to, you know, for the side quests and what I'm very meticulous about. Do you um, get to mess with Riddler? Do you get to fight Riddler? No, but it... Fuck again. No, but it's a great segue because it works in this one, being that, you know, you're doing the origin thing. It's working because it, you know, it allows you to basically pursue this man. Basically, this one, what he has, instead of, like, Riddler trophies, he has files you know, with um, blackmail information for, like, uh, city councilmen, et cetera, et cetera. And then he has, like, these, uh, to use a black doom word, these minions. Minions. <laughs> you know, he has them all over the city, which are the guys that you have to track down. That would be in Arkham City, the green guys who unlock, you know, where everything is. Oh. Um, so you track these guys down, you beat them up, and then eventually you're able to go into um, Nigma's lair. Okay. I say it keeps saying Nigma, but that's not his name. Yeah, but I know that I know they changed the name in, in, in the comic and also in. By the time you're allowed to enter, mm-hmm. he has left, but he has left you the first Riddler trophy, which is what they'll look like in Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Oh, okay, interesting. So that's pretty cool. I've never been a big. Um, I've never been a big finding the riddle guy. Like you know, I like playing the game outright. I like the, the, the riddles. Just seem like okay. They're kind of like. Like a bit of mundane and you know a little bit repetitive. It's like uh, you know, I just, you know, if the, Rid- if the Riddler trophies gave me something really cool, then that'd be great. See, the thing is, like for bat me- boots, or, you know, <laughs> the, or the bat wing. Uh, you know, the thing for me is this: I don't buy many games, and my thing is that I like to, you know, coming from the Zelda background, we have to be completionists. So, 
you know, I'm tedious about getting all the riddles, getting all the upgrades, and, you know, just trying to maximize, maximize the amount of things that I have, you know, to do. So, for example, like uh, Ralph the Tech was telling me earlier, you know, I beat the game without all the upgrades. I found that crazy. You know, to me, it's like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what happens is, like, I was playing, and then I – honestly, I don't know what happened. I guess I, I was in, like, a, a daze or something, but I just kept playing. You just ran through it. I just ran through it. Next thing I know, the game is done. I'm, done, I'm like, I'm like, wait, wait. I haven't even unlocked all the upgrades yet. I haven't seen what this does and this does. So what am I supposed to do? Keep playing all over again? I'm New like, game no. plus, brother. New game plus. <laughs> <laughs> they should play. This, they should make the game somehow. So like, when you get to the end, you have already accumulated everything that you needed to unlock. You're supposed to. You just didn't go to the menu. You just flew right through it. Hey. What can I say, man? Hey, but but these but but these Batman games just seem a little bit more complex. Like like the way Ralph said, you know, you should you should you know when you complete the game, part of it should be that you make sure that you get everything or that you use everything. I think the fact that it doesn't let you do that's kind of cool. And I think also the fact that even Gar- Arkham City, the way it ends, you don't know it's really the end. Yeah. You know, because you could still like explore the city and mm-hmm. do this and do that. Like I remember, Kev was um, Kevin and I were talking. He goes, "Yo, yo, yo, Cap, did you, um, what, what did you do? Did you do this? Did you do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, then you finished the game." I was like, "I did." He goes, "Like, yeah, you know." And I don't want to spoil Arkham City, but there's a, a defining moment that you know that it's the end of the game, and it, it rolls the credits. All right, stop trying to brag that you finished the game. You finished one game in 30 years, and now I have to hear about it every single one time. One more game than you. <laughs> That's fine. And by the way, just for everybody to know, um, his name is still Edward Nigma. It's just spelled with a Y instead of an I now. Because I'm reading also Edward Nashton. I think he just used that as an alias. His name is Nigma. still. They weren't going to change that because it's Enigma, yeah. which is a riddle, so that that's why I was surprised. Yeah, okay. Um, um, so what, what, what are your final thoughts about the game? Kev, because you know, like I said, we we spoke about it before it came out, and you had feelings about it, and you and you know, you were like, okay, well, I hope it's this, and I hope it's that. So, so uh, out of a a rating of one to ten, gameplay, how do you feel? Gameplay was, you know, again, you had your other sites who were critical because it felt more like a copy of the first two than its original thing, and like they've said, you can't go wrong if it's just a copy. The gameplay, I think the gadgets that you had, because they were a little, you know, more retro, antiquated, it kind of fit with the story as as how they were trying to present it. In terms of how you fought and everything else, then, you know, that was a copy. But to me, it had no bearing whatsoever. It was awesome. So what's the number? One uh, to ten. Eight out of ten. Gameplay. So gameplay, eight out of ten. All right. Storyline? Ten out of ten. It's shoot. If you do not give this six claws, I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. The six claw rating is a very highly coveted thing. Uh, Kev, <laughs> Kev got the six claws in already. <laughs> Thirty-two okay. minutes in, he beat me into it. <laughs> and visuals? Visuals were great. There's a little bit of glitchy, but you know it's not too annoying. It's not even that. You know you have to kind of be paying attention. The thing about the environment is that it's always snowing. It's a cold. You know, being that it's Christmas Eve, so it's basically meant you're meant to do all of this in one night. Oh, it's like Santa. Exactly. <laughs> if Santa had um, a cowl and <laughs> beat up criminals. If Santa doesn't have a cowl and beat up criminals? He's got a bunch of elves to do that. He's got minions. Robin. <laughs> He's got flying reindeer. He pretty much beat Batman right there. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you think about uh, Roger Craig Smith's uh, Batman? 
Roger Craig Smith, meaning the voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he did a pretty good job. There are some moments where he goes a little baleish, but even then it's like it, it fits. You know, it, it suits him because he doesn't overdo it. You know, he, it, it, his voice growls a little bit, but, you know, it's the intensity of the scene. Okay. You know, right. so he doesn't get carried away. Okay. He and has also, I'm sorry, by the way, he does have, like, conversations with Alfred. Okay. And those are pretty cool because Alfred, you know, he has his little quirks oh, in there. He's got to get his zingers in every now and then. I pretty much would make a great Alfred. I, I'm sure I'd also be killed by Batman at some point, but I would make a great outfit right up until then. A black butler. Nah, nah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> it's not like they made a movie about that. <laughs> or a TV show. Yeah. Mike, Mike, there's someone at the door. Get it yourself. I'm just closer. <laughs> now you're doing Florence from the Hendersons. From <laughs> the Jeffersons, you mean? Je- Hendersons. Jeffersons. Yeah. No, because her name was Florence Henderson. Exactly. Was, there right, we go. There we go. And we see that synapse work there. It works once in a while. And now Mark Hamill, most beloved Joker there is. How do you think Troy Baker did? He did a pretty good job. I mean, Mark Hamill is, you know, the originator. So there's to me, there's no comparison, especially, you know, how he went in degrees in Batman the Animated Series. You know, he was written to be more kid-friendly. And in the Arkham's, he was written to be very sinister and diabolical yet you know maintain his humor right and he managed to do that so to me i mean that guy has it but this guy was pretty good okay. he was pretty good and the script the way he was written was very very well to the point fellas where this storyline fire everybody who's writing for 50 new 52 or whatever they're doing put these video game guys in there let them write because this you know campaign was awesome i'm sorry it, right. it, it was too good, good cool yeah. all, all right. right so overall your final rating i give it Nine batarangs out of ten. Nice. Oh, ah, so there you have it. Um, Big Kev's um, review on Arkham Origins. So we'll be back with Meanwhile 22 Pages later after we go for a refill. I need one. I'm Batman. Dragonberry. <laughs> <laughs> are here now for a debate time ladies and gentlemen well it's a batman uh sponsoring uh what is this we call this podcast this time around yeah so we're going to keep with the batman theme now we know that batman first appeared in detective comics number 27 back in may of 1939 that was written by bob kane and bob finger and excuse me bill finger uh and <laughs> then robin finger. was first introduced in detective comics number 38 in april 1940 and that was also uh bob kane bill finger and uh jerry robinson did the art now that we have those two things known now the question is, does Batman still need a Robin? So, voting for no Robin is going to be Kev. No Robin. And then we're also going to have for the pro-Robin, or the pro-Dick side, <laughs> will be the Dick! <laughs> Short choice rule. <laughs> Alrighty, gentlemen. So we pose the question, does Batman still need a Robin? We know in the current world, right now in New 52... Uh, Batman is currently without a Robin. His son, Damian Wayne, has been murdered, thankfully. And uh, Wow. And so far, there's been no replacement. So, and the question, does Batman still need a Robin? Who wants to open up with a statement? Um, um, oh, me? Okay, fine. Um, well, I'll, I'll begin by saying this. Um, Batman is about the people. Batman is about defending the innocent and also, um, obviously, defeating crime. But... Um, after fighting crime for so long, you start to become very numb. And I think that if you continue to fight by yourself, you will continue to be numb. And I think to have somebody by your side helping you fight crime um, is definitely a strong asset. So he definitely needs a Robin in his life still. 
Uh, so we're hearing that Robin, uh, Batman's getting numb and he needs some little boy to massage him. So Kev, <laughs> your point of why he does not need a Robin. <laughs> look, listen, aside from the tragedy and the heartache. Did um, you just say look, listen? Look, listen, hear, see, smell, touch, and taste. It's a podcast. They can't see us. Okay. Uh, do everything auditorially, okay. if that's a word. Um, look, aside from the, you know, tragic consequences of a death in the family which you know was uh what split vote like 51 49 pretty much yeah i i voted to kill robin oh you did oh hey that was back in the day put her there pal yeah (laughs) (laughs) look i mean honestly speaking you know i i I like some robin stories i like the origin of robin but Truth be told, you really want the main man. You don't want, you know, someone else he's going to have to look out, save their life, because, you know, they're just not as experienced as he is. Honestly speaking, from my point of view, I prefer my Batman alone because it just works that way. You can delve more into his, you know, the things, his issues, his, you know, rights and wrongs, things that he does, you know. He kind of checks himself in the limits he's willing to, you know, push and, you know, where he knows he can't cross, you know. I like those struggles as opposed to Dick Grayson. You got to go get revenge on, uh, what the heck was his name in the animated series? Uh, Billy Zuko. Like, yeah, Anthony Zuko. No. He's like, no, Batman. He's mine. And it's like, oh, being all defiant. Like, shut your ass up, you petulant child. Let me solve this murder for you. <laughs> you know. You're, you're handling Robin like a Dominican parent. <laughs> well, well, hold on before we go off there. That just turned from an opening statement to an opening novel. But, <laughs> so, so let me go back to the other side here. So basically, you're saying that Batman's a selfish bastard and is a prima donna and it's all about him. Uh, no. What I <laughs> yes, actually, that's what I heard. No, that's, so, <laughs> back to Cap. What is your point now? Okay, well, um, I will begin to build on my point of Batman needing a Robin. Um, one thing I'll say is that you have to remember that the benefit of being on a team and working together is bouncing off ideas. Now, Batman might be the greatest detective, but there are some, there's always a chance for oversight. And especially if you have somebody in your corner who thinks similar to you, but has a different vantage point, a different perspective, they can kind of catch things that you might've missed. And have been, and there have been issues, not a lot of them, but there have been numerous times where the Robins, whoever was the Robin, more Dick Grayson than Jason Todd or, or I mean, Tim Drake too, but Tim Drake's a fucking, know it all um that's what i feel the the bottom line is that you know they've caught things that maybe batman might have not looked into as deeply and robin has helped save the day because if you do if you go into things alone you're gonna miss a lot if you have somebody with uh, having your back they'll catch the mistakes that you um that you might make okay so uh, batman the the world's greatest detective needs the advice of a 14 year old boy in tights kev (laughs) your response to this on the no robin side you just said it all. Like, the world's greatest detective needs help of a pubescent, annoying piece of dirt. Next question. So we have that Batman hates children. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, 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 all-star Batman will tell you who he does. <laughs> he bitch slapped the hell out of Robin. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, I mean. Your you final know, point. My final point is the fact that because the, the, work, the line of work that Batman does, he needs something to tether him to humanity. And I think that's the value of the Bat family, but especially somebody who lives, you know, lives with him and he can kind of like 
help him out through troubled time because all the Robins, or at least most of the Robins are troubled teens. Dick Grayson had his parents die. Jason Todd was, you know, was a bum trying to, you know, <laughs> steal hubcaps off the um, the Batmobile, which right. I still don't understand, but, yeah. you know. Um, and Tim Drake, I mean, you know, they, they've changed it now, but the bottom line is that he's always been there to guide them and within that guidance, help him kind of not lose his humanity because otherwise he'd be a vigilante. What, what would make him different from the Punisher? What would make him different from any other superhero that's out for justice? And then it becomes about the blood. And even though Batman says, well, you know, my honor code says that um, I won't hurt anybody. How long does that last? When you're by yourself and you're fighting, you know, um, bad guys by yourself, how long does that last? So, okay, Batman likes to find 14-year-old boys to cuddle with, according to this. (laughs) (laughs) I hate hate you moderating. (laughs) Pedophile, please. (laughs) Kev, your final point for no Robin. Look, I mean, to <clears throat> to rebut the Cap's point, I mean, what's the difference from the Punisher? Oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't shoot people. <laughs> Punisher's out with like a thousand guns. He's like Call of Duty of Marvel. Get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? Grenade. Like, no. Batman will beat you up and put you in a body cast, but you'll live. You can go to rehab. You can eat jello. You'll be all right. You know? He doesn't need a Robin to tell him, no, don't play his chemical. Get the fuck out of here. I'm enjoying this beatdown. Are you kidding me? Listen, at the end of the day, look, back to my original point. I like Robins in, you know, the stories, but they're not needed. You can make a better case for Oracle. You you could use her more than any other Robin. Why? Because you don't have to worry about them getting killed. I think a woman in a wheelchair would probably get a lot faster. <laughs> she <than a> survived. <laughs> Alrighty. So then now your point is that Batman is for Obamacare. All right. <laughs> so now <laughs> let me tally this all up here. Um, now, to be fair, I must say to the uh, to the listeners out there, Kev was put on the spot. He uh, was originally going to be a debate between uh, Ralph and Cap on this, and Kev uh, graciously volunteered and then was uh, quickly uh, given which side he would be on. So. Unfortunately, he did not have a lot of time to prepare, even though I agree with a lot of his arguments. And I personally am a Robin, not hater of Robin per se. I just don't think Batman needs one. I have to say I thought um, that Cap made a lot of really valid points. So I'm going to give this win to him. Oh, I win one finally. Where's the applause? Erroneous. (laughs) Erroneous. That's right. Although I think the moderator deserves to win. (laughs) Well, I I think he did a really good. Oh, God. Thank you all. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Moderator likes Obama. (laughs) (laughs) He's using every single sound effect today. He's like, I'm going to clear this board. The pirate is on fire. But now that the bait is over, I'll say I'm I'm actually on the side of Batman being alone. So it was kind of hard to to argue that point of saying he needs a Robin. Yeah, I I mean, the Robin, I mean, granted, I get that they, you know, like, I get Robin existing as Robin, if they want to have that, just so that they can keep the name. You know, like we've talked before how they have to, you know, use the name or they lose it, basically. Um, but use Batman it or lose it. and Robin, or at least <laughs> with it being a, another kid, it's just, come on. I mean, it's it would be the dumbest thing in the world for them to give Batman another kid. Or since there's clones of Damien, if they even give us another clone, that's going to be a better <laughs> Damien. I, I swear I'll go crazy. Well, let me throw something out there, Mike. Um, do you think that Robin, if Robin was older, you'd be okay with it? Like if he was 20? I would wonder why he took the name, but other than that, um, I wouldn't. I know this. I wouldn't mind Batman having an adult partner. No, I so, mean I'm not saying again that he has to have one. It wouldn't bother me. So you prefer it to be Batman and Nightwing then? Yeah, I mean again, like I said, I mean that's fine. I mean I I would love to see uh, Batman and uh, 
you know, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson working again together. Or Red Robin. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> See, and here's my thing. I'm glad Ralph brought that up because I've always wondered for years, everything that's, you know, it works in music, it works in films, it works in sports. Everybody loves a comeback. Why can't these two, you know, have a run where they're back together and then they'll say, you know what? Mutually agreed to part ways as opposed to, again, in the animated series where he got punched in the face by Dick Grayson, <laughs> you know, walked off. You know, like, I would love to see, you know, someone tackle that, you know, like where they try to rekindle the partnership and, you know, try to, you know. Well, I think, like I said, I mean, the, you know, I was reading up on uh, the, the breakup and actually there's a pre-crisis and a post-crisis breakup. The post-crisis, the pre-crisis actually was amiable. Because I, I, um, I, I think uh, when we had Troy over, he was he was giving uh, an answer of what had happened, but it was very amiable. Basically, Dick Grayson, when after he'd been off at college, he just kind of realized, and he has some solo adventures as Robin. He realized that you know I'm a pretty good detective. I've learned a lot from Batman. Obviously, I'm not as good as him, but I've learned a lot. I want to be out on my own, and he came, basically talked it over with Bruce, and they kind of agreed, and he sent him off with his blessing. And then when uh, Jason Todd was brought into the picture, basically Bruce. I'm sorry, Robin came, um, well, Dick came back and gave his Robin costume to him with his blessing. Post-crisis, there was a big hullabaloo as I think a 13... What was that word? A hullabaloo? Hullabaloo. Hubba-boo-boo? <laughs> Honey boo-boo. You were going to say that, weren't you? Yes, I was. <laughs> um, uh, when he was 13, I think there was some, uh, this is the post-crisis, 13-year-old Robin was in a situation where Batman was tied up and some judge was tied up and uh, Two-Face had, you know, he was like, you know, you get a coin flip, you can only save one. Um, Robin had him flip the coin anyhow and then attempted to save, or I think he attempted to save the judge, but something happened and the judge ended up dying. Batman got out. Of course, by this point, Robin's also being almost killed by Two-Face, so Batman saves the day and then basically says, you're not going to be Robin for a while. And then, you know, let him come back as Robin. And then four years later, some adventure was going on and I think he got shot by Joker, like maybe a shoulder shot or something like that. And that's when Batman was just like, you're done. Not meaning because he screwed up, but he was just like, you know, I can't risk you any longer. You're a liability. Basically, bro. he was like, I can't risk you any longer. I'll find another kid. I don't, see, I don't <laughs> Later like that. On. I don't like that. No, I mean, it's stupid. I mean, this is the post that then he left in a storm and in a huff, joined the Teen Titans, became Nightwing. And then when Jason Todd came to the picture, he was angry that Batman brought in another Robin to replace him. I remember that yeah. argument. Then he came in the whole nine yards, and then eventually he gave Jason, you know, the, the blessing of the costume, but it was kind of like a, you know, backhanded slap of a blessing, you know, kind of a thing. It's like, here, you can wear the tights now and prance around for him. <laughs> <laughs> you be you, you be his fucking Sambo, bitch. <laughs> you can wear these. You might wind up getting killed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you know what's funny? Before I go, before I say there you have it, um, <laughs> that's my catchphrase now. Um, what I was going to say was, um, I'm surprised he didn't bring up, and I know it was short notice. What I would have brought up was, wow, how many Robins have to die before you realize it's not a fucking good idea? <laughs> <laughs> and the pe- question that you posed to DC at this point. Yeah. Again, I, mean, I don't know if there's anything in the works. I mean, there's definitely, I'm not even hearing anything in the rumor mill, but I, I'm, there can't be. By this point, there can't be. And that's why I actually kind of brought it up in joke, but I'm afraid that what they will then do is go, well, you know what? He has lost or been deserted by a lot of Robins, and this is this new 52 now. Well, Damien is a series of clones. We'll have a good or a better Damien come out this time. 
and I can see that happening. Very I don't clearly. like that idea. Oh, but, I, but, but, but I, I despise no, that no, idea. I, I'm, no, I'm with you. I don't like it, but it's probably going to happen. Who the fuck is cloning this kid? Umbrella Corporation? <laughs> well, after um, Talia Al Ghul, they, they made it sound like he didn't willingly give up his <clears throat> DNA to her on some drug night. Where, so Where's the fucking bell for that one? He cleared his throat and everything. Come so, on, Ralph. So, so I'm thinking that there may have involved uh, some roofies, a lot of uh, Vaseline and a cattle prod to get Batman that out of him. Batman had a molly? He may have gotten a molly and he, he, he may have had a cattle prod shoved somewhere he didn't want it done. Ouch. But, um, but anyhow, so she ended up with his DNA, she gave her eggs and that was the clone there. But, at one point during the Batman and Robin adventures, um, and this is long before even Dick had died. I mean, sorry, not Dick, uh, Damien died. You saw in some, you know, some Al Ghul area, wherever they are, there was tons of babies, you know, in, with the umbilical cords in, in these tanks bubbling away. So, you know, there's tons of clones. Did they have the already iconic Bruce Wayne black hair? I think these are all bald ones, thank goodness. They, they look more like fetus size, but I mean, it was already there. They're already setting the stage at least Did they have there like can a, be more. Did they know? have like a little bat pacifier or something? <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, I mean, I <laughs> there you have it. Our take on does Batman need a Robin? And according to the panel, I don't think he does. Hey, guys, it's the Master of the Six Claws here. That's right, Ralph the Tech. Just letting you know, once you show us some love, check out our Facebook page at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, or hit us up on Twitter at Meanwhile 22. And you know, you can also check out our website. It's been up since the beginning of the show. I don't know why you're not there, at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. And I know I'm the master of six claws, but you can give us six claws too. Just go on to iTunes and give us a review. And now let's get back to the show. All right, so uh, what I was thinking was that, you know, now we're honoring the great Batman, you know, that Cap and, and, and MFG and, and fucking Spoiler Ralph, that we could have a discussion. That was a pretty good Cap, right? That Cor- was good correction, correction. Six Claws, Spoiler Ralph. You're giving yourself a nickname? That's right. <laughs> That's lame. <laughs> this coming from Black Doom. <laughs> I didn't give myself that nickname. Right. <laughs> I just happened to be Black Doom. <laughs> <laughs> but all jokes aside, because now we're all, I mean, being that it's a Batman-centric episode, um, one, of the, one of the things I thought about was, how about we talk about Batman's greatest tales? In your opinion, what are some of the best Batman stories you've ever read but I put some rules to this I put some parameters because it's easy to go for certain tales so I'm asking the panel in your opinion what is your favorite Batman story but you can't mention Dark Knight Returns you can't mention Batman Year One you can't mention what was that? The Killing Joke you could. You don't have to whisper (laughs) (laughs) The Killing Joke and was there one more? No, that's it. No, that was it. That's why. That's why I was whispering "killing jokes" that you wouldn't forget. (laughs) (laughs) But you can interrupt me like you always do, so that's okay. (laughs) So um, Um, before we kick in, because this is a Batman thing, and I had this trivia, and I meant to bring some trivia up earlier. I got a question for you guys here. Oh, the Batmobile. It was introduced in Detective Comics number twenty-seven, which, as I've said before, was the first appearance of Batman. It was referred to as the car. I'm sorry, as his car. It hadn't had the name yet, Batmobile. What color was his car? It was purple-ish, bluish, blackish, you purple. Fucking blue. No. Damn it. <laughs> I, I was gonna go with purple. I was going with purple, but oh, blue. That was, no. My guess is navy blue. No, it was red. 
And it was a convertible what? sedan. What? Yep. A convertible sedan? What? And red. So he wanted to stand out in a convertible sedan. I, I suppose. I mean, I don't know if it was bright red, but. I uh, mean, I know films are black and white, but people's vision wasn't black and white. <laughs> well, it was a color thing. And also, oddly enough, I had written down oh, the Batmobile itself by name. It wasn't called the Batmobile until Detective Comics number 48. So that was 21 issues later. And it didn't. And, and by the way, that was the name of it. It didn't get the bat hood ornament or the tail fins until Batman number five, which was spring of 91. So that was two years, a little over two years after Batman had come out. That's when they wow. finally gave it the bat look. When did the Batmobile lose a wheel? Uh, somewhere around Christmas, wasn't it? When the Joker <laughs> ran away. Ah, oh, goodness. All right. So so now that... Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, much. yeah. All right. So so now that we started, we're all warmed up and we're all Batman ready. Let's talk about some bat tails. Um, not not to be mistaken for DuckTales or Darkwing Duck. Which, ah. <laughs> or Tailspin. Or Tailspin. Tales from the dark side. <laughs> so one thing, I, I, I'll begin it because Ralph always complains, yo, I always got to go first. Why got to go to first? You... I, I mean, I understand you enjoy my greatness and me going first and whatnot, but, you know, I, I'm very humble and I no, want to let the, other people go. You let me. the small time acts go first. That's what that's about. <laughs> I, I get a good nap in. <laughs> Because Mike's so old. When you're when you're 150 years old like him, you need your naps. Power naps. <laughs> oh, don't, Mr. wakes up at 2 in the afternoon and, and complains about how early it is. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But I work my two jobs. I'm happy about that. <laughs> but one thing... I, and the Batman tale that I'm going to talk about is a Batman tale that's actually not in a Batman book. Where typically people would go for a Batman graphic novel or they would go for a Batman book. I'm going to go for the storyline of Tower of Babel in JLA. Ooh. Um, for those who don't know, Tower of Babel is what actually is what the animated um, the animated movie Doom is based on. I mean, they changed some of the characters, but the basic premise is that... Um, I was not in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no black people in the movie. Get over it. <laughs> Vandal Savage is not, not even the Green Lantern, and he's been gratuitously black for how many years now? <laughs> no, Vandal Savage is Caveman. Yeah, he's the original he's, black he's, man. <laughs> he didn't say anything about having been a caveman in Africa, so I'm assuming he wasn't. Yeah, he seemed like a very uh, European caveman. <laughs> don't, hey, don't let the good hair fool you. <laughs> but what I'll say about about um, Tower of Babel that was really cool. I mean, the artwork was great, but just a long story. Who short, did the artwork? What? Uh, um, I know Mark Wade wrote it. I don't know who did the artwork. Oh, okay. I know Mark Wade was was the writer of it. And right actually, now. I'm a Mark Wade fan. Oh, I actually like a lot okay. of Mark Wade's writing, but. Um, to not spoil anything, basically it's the idea that Batman um, was so, not cynical, but he was so paranoid. Porter did the, the art. What's the first name? I didn't say. Porter? Yeah. Okay, Porter. Well, well, it was great artwork nonetheless. Um, I mean, it, it, Wonder Woman looks strong and feminine at the same time, which people oh, either okay. they get it wrong usually. Howard Porter. Oh, Howard Porter. Thank you. Oh, cool. So Howard Porter and Mark Wade did the JLA, and um, basically they were doing, um, I believe they were doing World War Three. And one of the things that came up was that um, Raja Ghul found a way to um, get into some Justice League files. And one of the files was Batman. And Batman had a file that had all the weaknesses of... What the hell? Oh, sorry. No. I thought you were taking a dump. I'm like, even your dumps are computerized? That was one of the things that they can't hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I hate when that happens. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, Raja Ghul gets access to Batman files. And Batman has uh, protocols for if you needed to take the Justice League down... How would you do it? And Raja Ghul steals these um, plans 
and he actually uses them against the Justice League. And now the Justice League has to find a way to defeat Raja Ghul and also deal with how they feel about Batman. Did any of you guys read that um, Tower of Babel? I have not read it. It is one of my holy grails. Absolutely. Dude, uh, that story, I'm sorry. So you drink out of it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I tilt the comic and I pour whatever my beverage is and I just catch it on the other end. He uses it as a funnel. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Sounds very college-like. <laughs> Ralph, have you read Tower of Babel? It's on my uh, to-read list. Definitely. Uh, for those who don't know, Ralph, as much as he loves comics, he's finding out all the old gems right about now. Yes. Yeah. Um, I loved it because um, one thing I like about Batman is that, you know, he's we talked about it before the podcast. He's the, the, the hero that everybody fears and that everybody kind of like says, well, you don't fuck with Batman. He's that one person in the room. that you are like, yeah, I don't want to see a joke because I might offend Batman. And it just goes to show that how how four steps ahead of the game Batman is. That's why you don't fuck with him. Yeah, it's like you ever seen that? I forgot which episode it is, but in uh, Justice League Unlimited where something's going on in Atlantis and Superman and Batman are interrogating uh, some some criminal. So Batman's talking to him and all of a sudden you just see the guy like giving up everything that he needs, he wants to know. So then uh, I forget if it was Wonder Woman or Hot Girl goes to him and says, what did he say? And Superman's like, you don't want to know. That was actually <laughs> Justice, Justice League, League not Justice Unlimited. League. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a good scene there. And by the way, I want to know what what joke would offend Batman? Like, <laughs> what, what a priest and a rabbi walk in the room with their parents who are still alive? Oh, oh shit, is he in here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think a joke would be like, um, "Hey, how was the mask of Zorro? Some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too, too soon. soon? That joke too goes. soon. <laughs> Yo, so I was banging her in the room. I gave her a pearl necklace and... Oh, sorry about that. Back to to Tower of Babel. I think it was was great that they um, showed... Because a lot... Sorry. What? What? Yeah, our our tech guy forgets how to use his phone and turn it it off. Because I was showing him the ringtone. That was like seven hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) But bottom line, I feel Tower of Babel was a great story, and the fact that it wasn't in the Batman books, it was great to to show that the JLA has dysfunction. I feel like DC always, like I always said before, I said in the first podcast, DC always has est, e s t, big est, the best. The um, funnest, the the fastest. They always have the S. They are always the perfection yeah. of a team. To watch them be dysfunctional was kind of cool. Well, DC is the home of hyperbole. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. No. Um. So now going along the uh, the you mentioned the animated uh, movie with Doom versus the Tower of Babel. Now, what did you? What were some of the takedowns, if you remember them, or um, um, I mean, on that? Or I, what were your favorite takedowns? I'm trying to remember the, some of the takedowns for, because it's funny because every time I think about the book. I think about the movie, but they kept something similar. Like I know that they um, they had the um, the kryptonite. They, they they injected Batman with um, Superman with kryptonite, but it wasn't a bullet like in the movie. Okay, so they had that um, similar. The um, for Flash, shoot, it's been so long since I read it. In the movie, it did was, they make him that one was the same? The the one for the Flash it was it the same uh, uh, oh. with the, with the iceberg and and the explosive. Not on the it. iceberg, but he That's did have an explosive. He did have an explosive, but it wasn't the iceberg. It wasn't the iceberg, no. But I, Flash, I, I just would have made him watch the Michael Keaton Batman movie. That would have slowed him down and killed him. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Kev's here. He's the, <laughs> he's the fan of that movie. <laughs> this is one of those situations where I'm four steps ahead of Mike. <laughs> 
Just wait for it. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, one thing that I'll say is that um, the fact that it was Raja Go, I liked that it was better than Vandal Savage, even though Vandal Savage wasn't bad. And we talked about Vandal Savage being a pretty cool nemesis as opposed to Lex Luthor. I think he's a cool modern day nemesis. But I mean, Rachel Gould is just, he's a, he's a good guy. I mean, he's just, he's got flair. And in the comics, I think he works well. Yeah. I mean, he works better than I think he would in live action or even in animated, I think. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, the, the fact that they changed Vandal, they changed Roger Gould to Vandal Savage, I didn't like that in the movie. But, um, and, but they kept a lot of things similar. Even the, the, the whole, the, the argument between the Justice League about, you know, that they, they trusted Batman. You know, they, 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 they saved the day and they, they, obviously Batman helps, helps them figure out, you know, you know, what's happening to them and what to do. And then when they're all better and they save the day, they, they confront batman it's not like oh man this is messed up but batman you know you're okay with us still it's more like what the fuck were you thinking <laughs> Superman i, can I say was that. thinking about taking you down <laughs> well batman's like you know uh, you guys are all super powered and i'm just a lonely wimpy human and i gotta make sure that you know if you guys ever come against me i can find a way to kick your ass fuck that batman said you know what all you guys are super powered and i'm rich <laughs> <laughs> Suck shut it. Shut up before I crush you with my wallet. <laughs> That's heavy thing key, Superman. <laughs> but yeah, Tower of Babel was, what was, I mean, I feel like if you haven't read it, pick it up. It's on paperback. One of the things I love about the comic age now is that you can pick it up on paperback. I believe it's JLA. Um, wait, Tower of right Babel. What? Tower of Babel. No, 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 but but, but the actual JLA numbers. Oh, um, oh shoot. Do I have it here? Give me a sec. But yeah, so um, I mean, and it's the JLA before I think Grant Morrison jumped on. It's oh. 43, 44, 45, and 46. And the shout out to Troy. Troy actually gave me the original versions of that. And I said, you didn't want it? He's like, well, I don't know. No need to really read it. It's not a really valuable comic book. I'm like. Not what? now. Oh, now they're worth $3,000 in issues. Thanks, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He won't hear this anyway. He never listens. Aww. <laughs> Well, well, then just let you know they're worthless, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like I like reading the original comic, so you know, reading it in the in the, in its original form, so you know. You know, definitely. one thing I did like about Tower of Babel was the beginning right away, and and you'll see right the you know once you read it, you'll see the execution of Raish's plan had to distract Batman first. Oh, that's right. Yes, that is. Yes. that was the the key to the entire thing. And, you know, I'm not giving it away, but if you read it, you'll see right away something happens. And that right there, you know, as big as that is, it's also something that is essential to Rachel Gould's plan. And to me, it started off off and running. All right. Very cool. All right, cool. So that, I mean, that's what I think, but that's only what I think. So what Batman stories are you guys into that, that, that you feel like his best story of all time, Kev? Well... Being that um, I couldn't use one because Ralph the Tech is going to use that one. He called it Dibs. <laughs> but whatevs. Yep, that's my new nickname. He spit on it and he said, Pit is mad. <laughs> <laughs> my germs. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because when, when I think about the story, I also think about the games. You know, it, it, it kind of combines everything, more or less. You know, what if the, the, you, you could say, you know, as much as the people for that made the games took from everywhere else. You could say they drew a lot from that uh, line, which is Arkham Asylum. Ah, uh, yes. Arkham Asylum was uh, Grant Morrison and who drew? Dave McKean. Dave McKean. I mean, the the art alone on this is yes. 
amazing. I mean, you know, visually, it, it's a great comic. And, you know, it's one of those things where visually it tells you a lot without having to write much. Mm-hmm. You know, dialogue is one thing, but the art, it, it speaks for itself. Yeah. She's being a thousand uh, pictures speak a thousand words, and this particular artist definitely captures the creepiness of Arkham. Yeah, the Joker looks just like you, Cap. <laughs> In costume. <laughs> I guess note to self, Cap will dress up as the Joker for the next uh, next podcast yeah. and sit next to Ralph like, I'm gonna tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> um just real fast. No. I, the reason I threw out the name Dave McKean real fast is I, I love his artwork. He uh did Sandman covers. I knew you were gonna say some that of the interior for Sandman for a while as well. That's why I knew him. That's why I knew you knew it. Because it's yeah. funny. I'm looking at the style and I was like, why do I know it? That's why. No, okay. did you notice? He was right here. Dave McKean. Dave McKean. <laughs> oh, it was. I mean, was. You were just like, who's the artist? I'm like, Dave McKean. And, and you are, you've heard it here several times. And Cap knows. I rarely know who the artist is without you know yeah. researching something. You even did in this episode. Uh, who, yeah. who drew it? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Or art don't fucking count for I anything. I almost never know. The comic book should be in Braille. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so, so what, what, what else ca- caught your eye about about um, Arkham Asylum and yeah, the story? And give us, yeah, give us a brief up on the, the story. Yeah, let us know basically what it's about without basically giving it away, without doing a Ralph. Uh, well, <laughs> anybody can Now do we're that. naming it? <laughs> <laughs> Here. <laughs> and now Ralph is a verb. <laughs> well, it is. Well, to Ralph means to barf. So, <laughs> Well, on, you barf all the freaking information now. <laughs> and on, an, on an interesting side note, at least interesting to me, in the translation of a Ralph we're throwing up in Iceland would be the equivalent of George. Because the name George is... Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. That's yeah, only because I know that is a friend of mine... Uh, Studied over in Iceland, and he told oh, me. Oh, I that. thought you said a friend of yours threw up in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. That would have been. Well, if he was studying in Iceland, we we know he probably threw up there. MFG too. is a very traveled young gentleman. Well, not young, but he's a gentleman. What do you mean, <laughs> he's young? A gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> MFG, he's traveled. <laughs> Shoo. <laughs> but, but, but tell us a, a brief synopsis of 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 Arkham Asylum, just so we get an idea of what it is. Well. I'm probably guilty of the guy who doesn't give you a lot on these podcasts because I try to remain, you know, away from spoilers and everything. But basically, Arkham is being taken over. The inmates are literally running the asylum. And we're talking about the top dogs, you know, the the, rogue, the rogues gallery of Batman, you know, Joker, Two-Face, Killer Croc, Ivy, Harley Quinn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... They sent, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing. They sent him an open invitation. Come in here and see what it's like to deal with us. And as, you know, to me, it's like some, you know, 12 circles of hell kind of thing. Because it's like (laughs) from one to the next, you know, the psychosis of it and the writing, you know, some, you know, you can go pages without reading anything. But then when the, when, you know, Grant Morrison writes, it's very specific to the psychosis or the psychology rather of the situation the character their origin their and mindset and, and how they're going to approach right. um attacking batman and- exactly it's like everything from tactics to reasoning is you know detailed you know you have a very clear sense of what's going on you know within this encounter while batman is feeling in this certain encounter how he you know it, it, it if you know everything about the rogues of Batman, you understand more or less the approach that's being taken here. And, you know, it, it just does a very great job of explaining, you know, his tightrope walk with, you know, between them and us. 
And that's the thing that I love the most about this one. It's also it's um the way Grant Morrison wrote it, it's it's very much a that whole question of, you know, is does Batman belong out here with us or in there with them? Um, it's not a, a, a knockdown, drag him out action story like we're used to with a Batman comic. Dave McKean's artwork alone is very surreal. It's very, I won't say dreamlike. It's very nightmare dreamlike. It's like, LSD-like. Yeah, I've um, never taken LSD, yeah. but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's, it's as if DreamWorks went to a rave. <laughs> <laughs> it is very, very true. So, you know, you don't get... You're not going to get the the intense fight scenes that you're used to. In fact, I I don't think there's very much fighting per se that goes on there. It's it's Batman. It's, it's mostly him trying to even just get out of the asylum. Well, no, Killer Croc puts. Well, yeah, I mean there, he does have a couple of battles, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think it's a lot of him just trying to get out, and I, I think a lot of even he begins to question whether he belongs uh-huh. there. You know, I mean, you know, so it's 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 definitely much more of a, um, a psychological you know story more so than a. Uh, a, a zip pow bam story but that's what i mean about the trials of mm-hmm. every encounter it's yeah. like every encounter puts a certain perspective yeah on the mindset of both batman and the the rogue which he's battling you know exactly. so it, it does a great job of detailing that and that's the thing i love the most all right all right and do you feel like before i move on do do you feel like the the games what were the first game i captured that or do you feel like they they, they kind of got took the took an idea and ran with it they took an idea and ran with it, but also, you could say they did and they didn't because if you and spoiler alert, uh, in the first Arkham game, Arkham Asylum, there is a level where you basically delve. How, how do you say the word? Delve, delve, dive. Delve, yeah, right. Delve, delve in. I'm sorry. Di- delve into the uh, what's his name? Scarecrow's world. Okay. Yes. And that is an awesome sequence. I love that. That is probably one of the best sequences of all the Batman games of all time. I'm surprised you could actually play it, Captain. Dude, I, I can't even lie. Dude, I tell you, Killer Croc in, in the first game fucked with me. Scarecrow fucked with me, too. And, and I don't want to give away too much, but they deal with a lot of dead bodies, and they deal with a lot of, like, fucking with your with your perception. Skeletons. I know Mike has a thing about perception, and, like, you know, like, like turning around too fast kind of fucks with you. This part of the thing will fuck you up you definitely have to spectate oh wow you have to okay. just watch and be like wow i'm not playing this i'm playing somebody else's cat <laughs> plays with the lights on hell do i play my brother was with me dial. no no fuck that my brother was with me because when i had the game hold me no, my brother be there. he's like yo i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm like i know you're here he's like yeah <laughs> i know you need it <laughs> Because it having, was pretty fucking frightening. Were you having nightmares that night? I can't even lie. I, Scarecrow! No, because because the best. Gigi's thing, like, oh, my hair don't look that bad. <laughs> my shit ain't that nappy. I got the Indian roots. <laughs> but um, one thing that made it scary was, I mean, like the the when when you lose and you had to continue board, and then uh, um, Scarecrow would talk to you. That shit always creeped me out. Oh wow. Yeah, because because you know he'd be in the dark and he would want you to continue. Oh, can't even fucking think of that. <laughs> Oh, thank you. All right, so, um, all right, thank you. Well, hold on a second. I'm sorry, guys. I also have a secondary story that has nothing to do with Batman, but everything in terms of... Wait, you have an honorable mention? Oh, yes, I do. Look, he's your damn friend you brought over here, and he's just taking over the damn podcast. I'm pissed (laughs) off already. Go on. You're pissed off over everything. Whatever. I'm always pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's like a Luke Cage. It's not even Black Doom now. It's like Luke Cage. (laughs) Doom was in a hurry. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead, well, basically, identity crisis. And by all means, I want everyone's input on this. 
The fact that these guys had to do this hexagonal conspiracy to just keep this information from Batman. Wait, so you can't say delve, but you say hexagonal conspiracy? Hey, I, I have my Stephen A. thesaurus handy. <laughs> All right, continue, sir. So, you know, I, I just... Look, the story as a whole is pretty awesome. You know, the, the adult theme of it, you know, the things that happened and everything. You know, to me, I, I really enjoyed the story, but... Oh, I the, enjoyed identity. Um, the bigger point that I gathered was the fact that these people had a meeting and came up with the conclusion, we have to keep this from this guy because he's going to kick our asses. And even when they showed the replay of when something happened, I don't want to give it away. And Batman finds out. And they ambushed them so, so strategically. To me, it was like, wow, this man holds weight and clout in this, you know, JLA, like not even Superman. I'm sorry. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a great Bat story, but I think it shows how powerful Batman is. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, but it's really funny because I was, I was thinking about this when Kat was talking about the, the Tower of Babel. I'm like, I don't know how much of a real, you know, mind-blowing action you had to think of to get rid of the Justice League. I'm talking about the more core members. I'm like, you just need a kryptonite bullet or at least, a, you know, a few of them and you'll kill all of them. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Batman can be shot and killed. Superman will be shot and killed with a kryptonite bullet. Wonder Woman seems, for whatever reason, have to deflect bullets. So obviously, she can be shot and killed with a bullet. The Flash can be shot and killed with a bullet. Green, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, just name them all. Just need a kryptonite bullet, and you're pretty much you good to go. You sound like Ralph. Martian Manhunter. <laughs> oh, I sound like Lex Luthor should be listening to me. <laughs> Luthor knows nothing to Doom. <laughs> Luthor doesn't need to listen to Doom. <laughs> That's why Luthor can't seem to kill his enemies. I Luthor. toy with the Fantastic Four. Luther they kick your ass every time. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So great. So great selection and great honorable mention. Even though, like I said, I disagree with a great Batman story, but I think it's part of the Batman mythos in the show how kick-ass he is and how you know the fact that they they brainwashed Batman to forget what just happened, what what they did, and then you know for for um, Batman to figure it out anyway. It's, it's just that. a great example of how the guy holds you right. know. Wait, I mean, holds weight and shows his ability as a detective. Also, very right. murder she wrote. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of murder wow, she wrote, <laughs> see, wow! You see how I made that transition, Mike? It's called I, a transition. Never, That's how you do it. I, I guess we should get Angela Lansbury to play Batman in the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I say, Alfred. Oh my goodness, <laughs> sir, you're older than me. <laughs> so, MFG, what's your great? bat story that's not part of the holy trinity all right i am going to give my great bat story but i'm going to toss this out for you guys to think on while i'm doing my great bat story and i know particularly ralph you are not to touch a computer besides to make our podcast sound great and neither are you there cap question prior to the new 52 okay so new 52 is the now continuity prior to new 52 how many robins have there been in continuity so remember what's continuity and what are just side stories. Oh, I got this now. And what are their names? I got it. Oh, hey, if you think you got it. I, I mean, do you want to tell your story? Oh, do you I'll tell my answer? story in the meantime. Okay, tell your story because I got it. No, he says he's got it. Uh, and speaking. look, I'm not, I'm putting my, I put my eye device down. All right. All right, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put your eye device down because then the podcast is over. <laughs> Ralph just puts it off and I just start talking for the next five minutes. No one's hearing. All right. So anyhow. Um, my favorite story is Batman the Black Mirror. 
Okay, and that was a um, story written by. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Why does he get applause? How the fuck does he get an applause? Because <laughs> I just finished reading that story and it is really good. I agree. It is really good. But what the fuck, bro? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Because you haven't read Tower of Babel, you can't get an applause? Nope. That's right. When you read it, you'll probably wish you had a live studio audience. <laughs> fuck out of here. Continue, Mike. <laughs> So, so uh, Batman the Black Mirror, it was written by Scott Snyder, and the art, there's actually two artists involved in there. Um, one is a man named Jock, that's more of a pseudonym. His, uh, he's a British man, his name is Mark Simpson. He's more known for Green Arrow Year One. And Francesco Francavillo, who is another artist that I've really grown over the years to truly love. He's known for Hellboy, Zorro, and he's been doing the artwork currently for Afterlife with Archie. He's, he's also known that's, for the revival okay, that's of right. the color orange. Yeah, seriously, he uses a lot of oranges. Aren't you a zombie? That's a whole other story. But yeah, there's a there's a comic <laughs> out now called Afterlife with Orange, Archie, and it's a side story with Riverdale has been overrun with zombies, and it's it's much more mature oriented. In other words, it's not the, the Walking Archie. Basically, yeah, it's, it's really great. Yeah, it's a great story. I love it too. Story. Let's get back to the mirror, please. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, um, Batman the Black Mirror was originally printed in single comic form, so this is not a graphic novel, as in by by its writing. Um, it was uh, Detective Comics 871 through 881, so that's 11 issues of a comic. Uh, the story takes place after the events of Final Crisis, where Batman was believed to be dead, and also after the battle for the cowl, um, which gave us the new Batman. So Dick Grayson um, is now Batman in this story. Um, and he's partnered with Bruce Wayne's son, Damian Wayne, as Robin. And uh, Tim Drake, at this point, has relinquished his role as Robin and has become Red Robin. Okay. Yum. I would love to know how many times they do that at the Teen Titan Tower (laughs) hey who's coming in what do you mean who's coming in I see who's coming in (laughs) Um, okay even though by this point though Bruce has returned from being sent through time um, by Darkseid's Omega Beam I-Beams he's not coming back to be Batman yet he's instead going around recruiting allies from around the world for the new franchise called Batman Incorporated by that point which was cancelled yeah uh, rightfully so. Even though it was a really good concept and had some really great Batmans come out of it, it needed to go. Um, okay, the story gets its title from the idea that Gotham City is like a black mirror that will envelop uh, your reflection in shadow, basically, uh, if you stare at it too long. In other words, it's basically like saying it's reflecting the evil within humans. That's, that's the kind of idea of the story. So now there's basically two separate stories going on that eventually interweave and intersect into one by the end. The first story is uh, Dick Grayson as Batman fighting uh, basically some new villains. He's got the dealer who runs the mirror house. The dealer sells these items used by villains. Like, for example, he'll, he has the crowbar that the Joker used to beat Jason Todd. Oh. It's that kind of stuff. Like He's not selling weapons, like, you know, that kind of thing. He's just selling items that were used by killers and other villains. Um, we also are introduced to Sonia Zuko. She's the daughter of Anthony Zuko, who we just happened to mention um, earlier. That, uh, Anthony Zuko is the man that killed Dick Grayson's parents. So this is her, um, his daughter. Um, she appears to be targeted by criminals, and she finds, well, basically she kind of gets Batman to help her look into the murder of one of her co-workers. And this body was found in the, the carcass of a whale that was left in the lobby of one of her businesses. A killer know. whale. Yeah. So you know, so that's already going to bring interest right into the story there. Um, another one is uh, the Roadrunner. His name is Bixby Rhodes. He's an armed smuggler and Tiger Shark who considers himself king of pirates. Basically the... Uh, Kind of like a guy that robs bo- other boats, basically. The fuck is this, Jack Sparrow? <laughs> <laughs> basically, except he doesn't look anything like him. He didn't. At least they didn't give him a pirate costume. I was very happy about that. No, he, he all he had was a, a suit made of shark skin, 
and, and, and like a shoes. A, and and a, was it red bandana tied around his head or something? Which yeah, is so much better. But, but apparently, his whole his whole outfit was made out of um, endangered animals. So uh, Peter was right away against this man. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't mind his criminal <laughs> being a criminal, but that is just too far. Just, <laughs> he, he could do all his piracy all he wants, but just I draw the line at using endangered animals as clothing. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So let's give me the rundown here. Dick is living in one of Bruce's penthouses instead of at the Batcave and has decided to assist the GCPD by purchasing expensive high-tech equipment to help in their forensic investigations. Uh, if you're wondering why he's not living at the Batcave, he just feels awkward, basically, about it. Well, yeah, he thinks Bruce is dead, so he's kind of like... Well, actually, Bruce is back by this point. Yeah. Oh, Bruce is back by this right, point. Right, right. But he just feels awkward about it. Because, you uh, know, there can only be one. He's not a Highlander. (laughs) (laughs) There can be only one. And that was no kind of accent. (laughs) (laughs) Not a recognizable one. Go ahead. No. All right. So um, if you're wondering, like, you know, why in the world the GCPD would even be taking his help besides just money or something like that. um, Dick is familiar with the GCPD practices um, because he had taken a journey one time into uh, law enforcement. He actually had gone to study. Um, Due to his assistance, plus his working relationship with Gordon, uh, Jim asked him to meet with his son, James Jr., and provide a opinion on James Jr.'s state of mind. Uh, James Jr. in this one is a little bit psychopath. Let's just say the unstable. Let's <laughs> put it nicely. This nigga is fucking unhinged. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty bad. Um, and just to give you an idea here, in this storytelling, James Jr. is younger than Barbara Gordon, and he knows uh, Dick from the childhood because you know Barbara would have been around Dick Grayson by that point, and so James would have been younger at this point. Right. Um, Barbara is. Still in her wheelchair, because this is still um, the effect of the killing joke. So she's still paralyzed. She's still Oracle. But she's very fearful of her brother and always has suspected him in the disappearance of one of her teenage friends from back when he was young. Very young, actually. Right. Uh, We learn that James Jr. is indeed a serial killer and more. And has figured out that Barbara Gordon used to be Batgirl. And therefore, he also kind of knows that Dick is Robin. Um, Oops, sorry. Just hit one of the chords. Sorry about that. Uh, as the story um, moves out of the Batman involvement with the Sonya Zuko case, he gets more involved with the James Jr. games that are being played, and this culminates oh, in fuck. James. Yeah, this culminates in James Jr.'s insane plan, and it's a very startling finale that goes on in this book. Um, it's 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 a really it's a great read um, because, like I said before, with it being told in two parts, the second part of the story, and it's not split in half. It's basically one issue, one issue, one issue, one issue. The second part of the story. Sorry, let me go back one second there. The Dick Grayson part, the artwork is done by Jock. And his artwork is more, I'm trying to think how to put it, it's more traditional, clean line. It's more yeah, heroic like pencils, clean line, definitely, intense yes. colors for the action sequence and stuff like that. The second part of the story by Frank, um, Frank Avella. is Frank Avella. Now that's Jim Gordon, and it's Jim dealing with the return of his psychopathic son. Um, and that is done by Frank Avella, like we said. And the artwork there is lots of black, thick lines, lots of shadows, lots very of haunting abstract, colors. Very abstract. Have you ever read, like, um, Hellboy? And, and what's the other one they call for, What's the other one for Hellboy? Um, the name of the team that he's part of? BPRD. Thank you. Um, BPRD. Um, that style. Yeah, very it's, much it's, like It's like Mike, Mike Mignola. Mignola. Yeah, exactly. Now, quick question. Um, when the fuck did this kid become psycho? Basically, probably somewhere after one of the many times they rebooted their universe in some manner or form. 
Yeah. That was their 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 standard by that point. I, I think they felt that you know that um, James Jr. was useless. They kind of just had him dangling in the wind. You had James, you know, you had Jim well, Gordon, you had, you had um, Barbara, who was the. Crime well, that was fighter. the thing I never understood in year one why they had a James Jr. Right. I, I I never got that. I'm like, why did you give him a son that was never important at all? And I think that's what what they wanted to do. They wanted to make him relevant. Yeah. I guess they, they just said, hey, let's give him a son, and then not worry about him right now. Later on down on the line, we'll think of something. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, you know, like I said, they have, you have uh, one hell of a something they thought of. Yeah, they did, they did a great job with this. And even um, even as he is still part of the New 52 universe, uh, it's they're doing a good job with him as well. But uh, it's it's a it's a great read. It will it, it has a great build up. is the thing about the story. Let me ask you this, because we talked last week about. Um, one of the problems about having rogues galleries and all that stuff and the fact that everybody's related. Did you have a problem with the fact that um, Batman, well, Dick Grayson's Batman, one of his villains is the commissioner's son? In this, in this case, no, only because he's not really a rogues gallery of of Dick Grayson or of any, I mean, he would closer to Barbers, really, um, to, to Batgirl or, yeah. you know, um, in the New 52 world, but I didn't have a problem with this one because this one was kind of one of those closer to home storyline. And I don't, because I don't, I was never an avid Batman reader during this time period. I don't know if they had slowly been bringing up James Jr. already or if this was our first burst of him onto the scene. That I'm not right. sure of. Okay. I mean, I, I, I read the I read the um, the storyline. I loved it. I remember you, you lent it to me. I was like, it was a, not it was a slow build, but I, I guess I wanted bit, yeah, more. I was like trying to feel what the hell is going on. And then once you figure out what's going on, it, it, especially with the James Jr. story, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, the, like I said, the Dick Grayson part, it was it was a good story. And I mean, the Tiger Shark and the Roadrunner was a little bit weak. The Sonya Zuko was nice because it, it was much more of a detective story, um, you know, to find out what's going on there. And, and I thought that the... Uh, that the dealer with the uh, the mirror house was kind of twisted. That adventure there, the guys with the face, they had these these gas masks kind of things. So it was very eerie. But I, I really think that the whole James Jr. story, especially enhanced by Frank Avila's artwork, stole the show. Yeah. I, re- I really yeah. thought that was the better of it all. All right. Um, and before we move on to Ralph, does anyone have an answer for that question? I do. All right. All right. I'm going to try. All right. What I, I was got? pretty confident. I said, no, 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 no. Okay, so let me see. So let's just refresh that. Prior to New 52, how many Robins have there been in continuity? I'm and gonna, what are the names? I'm going to say their names and then count them off. All righty. So number one is obviously Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Baldy. <laughs> <laughs> number one. It's bald on bald hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> Um, number one, Dick Grayson. Number two, Jason Todd. Number three, Tim Drake. Number four, Stephanie. What's your face? Stephanie. <laughs> I was Stephanie, Stephanie Miller. Um, but I don't know her last name. But she's she was spoiler. And number five is of course Mike's favorite Robin. I hate Damian Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I hate so, Damian Wayne. So with the in pre fifty two, I be- I believe there were five Robins. That is the correct answer, and her name is Stephanie Brown. Stephanie Brown, okay. You know, I never liked spoiler. That's why. That's why I didn't like. I didn't like it. You were incorrect because you didn't say the last name. Oh fuck it! You didn't even know that. You were like, "There's three Robins." I never said three. Robins. Yeah, no, no, you you got the computer it. in front of you. You got it wrong. <laughs> I wasn't looking it up. I was following the rules. Yeah, like somebody. Yeah. Hey, dude. 
It's I, still down. Can you hear this? That's an iPad being down. That's why your phone's on the bottom right, too, right? Yeah, uh-huh. my phone is not even on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so. Props to Cap there for getting those right. Fine. Wow. I win the debate and I win the, the, the quiz. Two in a row. Look at you that. got thrown the debate to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe one time we'll talk about Jack Bauer. Oh, no, wait. He's not that important. So. Uh, yes, he is. Because actually, <laughs> late in the podcast, we have news. Feb- uh, May 5th. 24 is coming back for a 12 episode last finale. So is it just 12 instead of 24? It's, yeah, but it's 24 hours. It's gonna, it, every episode <laughs> is going to count for two hours instead of one. So they're going to call it 48 then. That's why I said it should just be called 12. <laughs> These guys are not good with math. <laughs> Precisely. All right. So, Ralph, so um, we talked about the other guys. What do you think about um, Batman? What's your favorite story? Because you took my answer. Uh, me being Big Kev, you know. Well, that's right, Kev. This is your favorite story. Yeah, fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, shh. I mean, hush. <laughs> I can only imagine this is about some kind of crazed librarian. <laughs> and you would be right if you were wrong. Oh. <laughs> and you're wrong. <laughs> so what's this What's this story about there, uh, uh, RT Square? Well, it's a story written by Jeff. Uh, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee is the artist. No, no, no. say Jim Lee with some fucking pride. Jim Lee's the man. All right, Jim Lee. There you go. Because he because he's actually like assistant editor. He's like one of one of the top editors. Like assistant creative. He's like top dog now in DC. Jim motherfucking Lee in the house. Something like that. Of course, he's destroying it one piece at a time, like everybody else at DC. Hey, I don't know about that. (laughs) All right, so this story is. I'm going to talk about the artwork first. It is really good. It's Jim Lee? Yeah. So, as I was reading... Jim motherfucking Lee, what? (laughs) (laughs) As I was reading the story, I'm like, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, just blown away by this amazing, the lines, the detail on the Batman. Were you blown away as much as the cap seems to be blowing Jim Lee right now? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? (laughs) You got something on your lip there. (laughs) It's called facial hair. (laughs) I mean, the lines on Catwoman and on... Poison Ivy. Yes. Jim Lee draws women well. He, even when his time with the X-Men, he always drew women very, very, very well. He knows how to put the lines to the proper curves. Yeah. Probably means he ain't getting any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, he, no, even worse, he's married. Oh, same shit. <laughs> <laughs> then we know he's not getting any. <laughs> so Jim Lee's lines were crisp. Absolutely. Yeah. So storyline, here we go. Um, so Batman's foes seem to be up to their old tricks again, but they're doing it in sort of a new or better way. It appears that someone is teaching them uh, how to commit crimes in different ways, things that are not part of their regular MOs. Okay. Nice. So Batman's sort of scratching his head of what's going on. So in the very in the very first issue, you see that um, Batman's sort of thrown out of whack because Killer Croc is uh, kidnapped somebody, and Killer Croc does not kidnap people. You know, that's not, that's not part of his thing. He usually eats them, doesn't he? Yeah. Not to say. So he's wondering what's going on, and then when he when he corners Killer Croc, you know, now called Kidnap Croc, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, snatch your baby Croc. <laughs> <laughs> he gets, uh, he guys, he catches Killer Croc, but at this point he's already had the ransom money, and while he's trying to uh, stop Killer Croc, someone swoops in and takes the money. Now, who do you think this is? Of course, if you guess uh, Catwoman, you'd be right. I was thinking Kite Man, so I would have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's following Catwoman, you know. Uh, tragedy strikes and somehow his back line gets cut and he falls ill. 
So this is where pretty much where the the story starts because this is he's broken down Batman. He has a skull fracture. His bones are like, you know, he can barely move or anything. And he's bleeding internally and all that stuff. So this is where it comes into play. Um, his friend uh, Tommy Elliot. Right. So he. he I don't want to spoil it for you guys because we we insist that you do not spoil this for anybody. <laughs> so but, we can move along. Yes. <laughs> I just say he's a very important key player in the. In this whole stuff, but throughout the whole uh, storyline, Batman's trying to figure out what's going on. It, it feels like someone's playing chess against him, and he's losing. And he's one step behind every every point. And when it gets to the end, and this this grand reveal, and he sees he he figures out who's behind it. And when he does, you know, he sort of gets his like his his uh, he sort of gets his last punch in with with the person that's behind it. Because even though the person little spoiler, the person figures out his identity, okay. right? And he poses him a question, you know, it's like, if you tell everybody, then what's the point? Right. You know, sort of a way. That's how he starts. So, okay. so, so they figure out Batman's, the, 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 the main villain. The main villain, but... Figures but, out Batman's identity, but will, yeah. is saying, I'm not going to share it. Yeah, so so the people that this guy uh, and, uh, becomes in cahoots with is uh, Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, um, Clayface... And I believe that was it. Joker. Well, you're, oh, and the Joker. well, you're forgetting one very important villain. Who? Hush. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, Ralph. See, Ralph, Ralph, when he can't spoil well, because, shit, it fucks his head up. <laughs> well, no, 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 because, I mean, well, well that, you guys know why I didn't say it. Well, no, that, well, no, 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 we don't know why. We because don't know We why. won't give more hints. <laughs> uh, by anything, the way, by we'll the just way. say that it's called Hush because there's a villain named Hush. Hush. Yeah. Because which, Ralph which can't spoil it, like he is sweating bullets. You right have now. no idea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I want to say something. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Honestly, it seems illogical to me. This story has been out, what, for how many years? Seven? Seven. Look eight. at that. If you haven't read it by now, I mean, come on. What's wrong with it's you? It's actually one of the more popular Batman books. Oh, recent Batman books. And by the way, now that I'm here, I want to take the time. I did it before and I'll do it again. Thanks to the cap. He bought me the first set of that novel, put me onto it, That's and right. whew, been hooked ever since. So, yeah, so um, <laughs> if you want to pick it up, Hush is, they sell it as a compendium. It's 12 issues long. Okay. And it's Batman. Uh, 608 to Batman 619. I have the absolute version of it. It's tall and wonderful. I have the original version. So, you know, I went to every, you know, comic book store and week by a month, a month on month, picked up every single issue. And it was, one, it was, it was kind of like the way I felt about, um, remember when we talked about, um, what's the name of the freaking book? Um, Lock and Key. Yeah. And we talked about, remember you and I kind of just debated about when a book is released, does it really make a difference on how, when they release it or is the, the story as a whole, I believe that the way Hush was written, it was done right because it kept in mind, okay, well, how are we going to bring this to an end? And, you know, yeah. every every time, every issue after I finished reading it, I was like, oh, my God, I, I just got to know what finds out, what happens. I want to know more. I want Everyone ends in such a way that leaves you wanting more. And, and Jim Lee was just such, fun, he did such phenomenal work on Hush. I mean, he fucked up on the Superman. Not that he fucked up, but Superman was such a, because I mean, he did a Superman after the Hush. Okay. And it was so boring. Oh, I remember it, that. That was it. Um, would involve Superman. It would. Brian Azarella, I think, did the writing for that one, and Jim Lee did the, okay. the drawing, and it was like it was just whack. But but the the hush, just the art itself, Jim Lee kind of went above and beyond at that point. Nice. And then of course, Jim Lee turned around and did All Star Batman and fucked everything up. I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he only drew it. Unfortunately, Frank Miller was responsible for that writing. <laughs> uh, before uh, before we end and go on break, there. 
Here's a question. Go right ahead. What famous part of the Batman mythos did not appear until Detective Comics number 60 in 1942? That's three years after the hero appeared in the books. Oh, I know this. Nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with pride, too. <laughs> Nipples. <laughs> oh, what, do you, what do you have? Um, the appearance of the Joker. No. No fucking way. I got this. What's that? Where's the trigger? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you really know, Ralph? No. No. What is it? Believe it or not, it took three years for them to invent the bat signal. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, wow. They hadn't it took them with... that long to figure out how you know to contact Batman. You know what's funny? I would have thought that would have came like in the 60s. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it was really weird. I kind of thought it was either right there in the beginning or like he said, in the 60s. I, yeah. I, it was one of those one either or, but yeah. They, yeah. Before that, they just always had Batman, usually, you know, because it was nighttime for him. On the comics, he was usually swinging by a really large yellow moon. And I think that's probably when some bright person went, well, you know, why don't we put those together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I'll say before I, before we go on a quick break, um, before we geeks on the go, obviously, um, it's funny to watch everybody's different rendition of Batman. And, I mean, some of the best ones, obviously, Jim Lee, Neil Adams, um, Trying to think, who else was, was that well-known Batman? I mean, um, Greg Capello now, right? Um, just the way they did it. But you know what's funny? Todd McFarlane did a version of Batman. Yeah, um, he did it for an annual. Oh, sorry, um, he did it for an annual, and it was just really, really well done. Yeah, uh, for from for Todd McFarlane. Right. Well, I mean, a Batman that I really love is um, Matt Wagner. I love the way he draws Batman. Matt he, Wagner. Matt Wagner. Um, well, he did Batman Faces. He did Trinity. The, okay. the novel Trinity, not that horrible per issue one. He also did Batman and uh, Batman and the Monster Men, which is a great collection of Batman comics because it's, it's very much in like the 30s Batman feel, meaning like Batman's basically just kind of learning how to get his kicks down right and things like that. And he doesn't have a ton of gadgets. And also there was a Batman and the Mad Monk. He also he did those two miniseries. Okay. They're fantastic. It's just the way uh, Matt Wagner draws Batman. It's very, he's he's very thick. And I don't mean in, in a, a heavy kind of way. It's the Batman feels solid, like he has weight, but he's not, Matt Wagner doesn't do a lot of muscular drawing. So it's that kind of like Batman. That he just looks very dense. Yeah. Like, like body yeah. wise. He looks very dense. Yeah, I just really like it. what we call in the streets old school strength. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really is. You know, I love it. Yeah. So it was the, so there you have it. Um, uh, quick talk about, well, not a quick talk, but a talk about our favorite tales of our favorite Dark Knight. I thought you were doing Geeks on the Go. My bad. I. Let's you said again. you were going to do it. I Let's said you got it. <laughs> Let's do it again. Geeks on the go. Batman edition. <laughs> I had to jump on that. <laughs> all right, so you know the drill. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute, but we try. No, no we, we don't. don't. We don't try. <laughs> hard. I love the way you all in cars like, no, no, we don't. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, and this is a special Batman, Batman edition of Geeks on the Go. So, um, are we ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready. Born ready, puta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready, set, and go. Is Batwoman a necessary Bat character? Kev. Yes, even though she's a dyke, she's sexy as hell. <laughs> Ralph. I concur with Kev. <laughs> Mike. No. I mean, I like her, but no. <laughs> All right. Best Batman movie villain, Mike. Phantasm from Mask of the Phantasm. 
Okay, Ralph. Uh, the Riddler, played by Jim Carrey. My, um, Kev. Heath Ledger's Joker. Okay. Favorite Batman costume, Ralph. I would have to go with uh, the Brave and the Bold one that they use in the animated series. Okay, Mike. Um, the Neil Adams 1970s Batman costume. All right. Always my favorite. I agree. Kev. Batman Beyond costume. Okay. Nice. Like Lamest bat vehicle. Bat cycle, bat boat, bat wing, any version of the Batmobile, Kev. Adam West bat cycle. Okay. Mike. The bat boat. Why? Uh, time's up, but we keep going. Ralph. Uh, in the Brave and the Bold, he had a bat unicycle. A bat unicycle? <laughs> yes. Well, that's handy if you're going across a high wire, though. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that the time ran out because I can say this question without even having to rush. All right. You are Batman, and you are holding... In, I am Batman. You are Batman. I'm Batman. And you're on a cliff, I'm and Batman. you're holding Dick Grayson in one hand, and you're holding Barbara Gordon in the other hand, and you can only save one. Who do you drop? Ralph. Uh, I dropped Dick, so that way I could just scream, Dick! <laughs> Kev. Trick question, buddy. I pull a Batman Forever and save both of them. <laughs> and that's why the movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Uh, I'd say drop Barbara because it'll save her getting shot in the gut later. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, and what I'll say is, I'll say drop Dick. Ha, ah, drop Dick. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> drop Dick because I figured that if I catch Barbara, Dick will be more than likely f- to figure out a way to survive on his own because uh, he's been trained by he's been trained by me. So fuck it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, I, I've got too much bat trivia for for anything, but um, I this one I really liked because uh, remember that awful reveal and we talked about this from the whole um, was it the Trinity War that was going on in uh, in DC a few months ago, and the the big reveal was that you know it was the Earth three villains that are now taking over in the Forever Evil right. DC storyline, and that they were led or ushered in basically by Alfred from their time world or from their uh, dimension, I should say, and he was called the Outsider. There's actually a spot for that in the DC universe, and because I always wondered why when they initially introduced the outsider in that storyline why they bolded it like you would care the outsider yeah that that there's that but, <laughs> but do uh, it for johnny well <laughs> it's because alfred was originally if you did not know this he was originally killed off in detective comics number 328 back in 64 they actually wow. killed him he he rushed in front of a boulder basically trying to get batman and robin out of the way and he was killed by the boulder wow and then now, do you think it's an angry public? Nope. Do you think it was just a writer's decision? Nope. William Dozier. William Dozier was a producer of the Batman TV show, which was out in 66. It started in 66. He wanted Alfred back. So believe it or not, this is the kind of power they had because Batman was not doing well. Most comics were not doing well. And Batman, particularly even in comic form, was not doing well. He demanded that before they started the show that they brought him back. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, in these weirdest Batman story ever, um, issue, what was it? Issue number uh, 356, and this is October of 66, of the year 66, sorry. Uh, He was brought back. Some scientists found him, did some mumbo-jumbo scientific thing to him, but he came back as this creature known as the Outsider. And he was this pasty-skinned circles on his skin kind of a villain he had some weird superpowers that were that varied whatever they needed he had especially telekinesis um but then he was by the end of that issue he was returned to the normal healthy alfred you know a normal human 
But that's why we got Alfred back. And that's where the outsider came from, is that they were referencing the fact that he was at some point turned into this creature. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's really awesome. interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> um, the more you know. Let me throw out a question yeah. before, we, before we leave for the, for, for the evening. Um, favorite Alfred? Who's your favorite Alfred? Between Bat, between Batman the animated series, any version of Batman, or even Batman movies, Ephraim Zimblis Jr. doing the voice of Alfred in the animated series. Okay, all right. So you go for the animated series version. Yeah, he's all my right. favorite. Kev, I have a tie with him and um, the guy from the first four. I mean, I'm sorry, they botched a lot of shit on those movies. That dude was Alfred. You know, yeah. it's funny. A lot of people didn't like him. And I know Kevin Smith always talks about, like, he was so, like, obvious with, like, you know, when he would talk to Batman about, you know, you need to go because you have to be Batman this way, so you have an emergency, so right now, sir, go. <laughs> the other car. The other car. <laughs> the other Yeah, but at the same no, the time. Batmobile, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he tried to give him, like, a life lesson in forever, and then even in, um... Uh, Batman and Robin, where he was sick and they tended to him, like, you know, it, it would be the thing that you would expect them to do in anything, whether movie, comic, or cartoon. If Alfred were to be sick, you would expect them to, you know, try to do something for him at the very least. All right, cool. What about you, Alfred? Um, I really like this new Alfred in uh... Michael Caine? Yeah. As I, I, He's I a good just, actor. Yeah, I just like his acting. Know your limits, Master Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> here's a... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was about to say a, a little interesting Alfred fact. Another one. Is that he was introduced into the Batman world until Batman number 16 in April of 1943. And originally he had no mustache. He was overweight. And he was a bumbling amateur detective. Oh, really? He even had like the, the, the Sherlock Holmes, like that deer, deer, the deer cap, the deer hunting yeah. cap. And he used to carry a giant magnifying glass. And oh, then wow. when they did the 1943 serial, like those like little 15 to half an hour um, things before the movies. So there was these continuing serials. The, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that portrayed him was a thin man. So then the comics were like, well, we kind of like the way that guy did it. So believe it or not, instead of just redrawing, like, you know, just flat out drawing him differently, they actually sent Alfred to a vacationing spa where he lost weight, grew a mustache, and then came back in Detective Comics number 83 as the regular butler that we all know. <laughs> you know what that was, really? I'll be honest with you. I really know what that was. I was, I was there. <laughs> Harvey Bullock tried to be Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to be a butler. <laughs> that was really bad, Harvey Bullock. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad anything. <laughs> I could only do Kev as my imitation. That's the only thing I could do. And Stick I barely do that. Stick with it. <laughs> Not really. Anything, anything else before we wrap up? I got one more Batman. Go ahead. Barbara Gordon. She's hot. <laughs> and legless, so she's numb. <laughs> wow, she's got her legs now. No. Uh, Barbara yeah. Gordon as Batgirl. She appeared in Detective Comics number 359 right. in 1967. Now, that wasn't the first Batgirl. There was a Batgirl from 61 that was Betty Kane. Because that was to the Batwoman that was Kathy Kane from back then. Um, but do we know why Barbara Gordon was invented? I don't know that. I don't know. Barbara Gordon was invented because William Dozier, producer of the Batman TV show, demanded a Batgirl. So he, he pretty much just wanted an actress that he can, you know. Yeah. So he made side. DC invent another character 
Yeah. Brought it into their world, and then he introduced it into the Who TV show. Who was the actress that played her? Yvonne Craig. Yeah, she probably... She like, was beautiful. She probably went out with him for a while. So, you know, I want a part in your show. <laughs> probably so. Something <laughs> on <were>, that line. <laughs> By the way, Batgirl should be redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, sweetie. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though. This guy's two for two, though. You got, you got any more of it? Of things he helped out with? For him? Oh, well... DC should have hired this guy. <laughs> well, the funny part is uh, you mentioned... You mentioned hating the Bat Cycle? Yeah. Bat Cycle? First appearance of the Bat Cycle was not in any comic book. It was in the 1966 Batman TV series. Wow. All right. He's two for three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> there you have it. Um, a great episode talking about our favorite hero, the Batman. So, on behalf of MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, I'm Ralph. Batman. <laughs> Ralph the Tech. I'm Batman. And Big Hev. <laughs> this is a cap saying keep it geeky and keep your cowls and capes at home that's some kinky shit